What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Riv and this is now episode 86. In this episode, we will give out our NBA awards and preview every first round matchup in the playoffs. We will also talk about Kwame Brown's recent rants and J. Cole making his professional basketball debut. This is now episode 86 and we have a guest in the building, yes, sir. Andrew Velez. He's been on the show, I think, like at least four times already, maybe three. Yeah, I'm yeah, not it's, sure. It's One of those. It's three. Yeah, three times already. I appreciate you guys having me. I really do. So this is going to be a great episode. We saw the playing games uh, yesterday. The Lakers beat the Warriors. The Grizzlies beat the Spurs. So that means the Warriors and the Grizzlies will fight for that eighth seed to face the Jazz, and the Lakers will face the Suns. Uh, the Celtics beat the Wizards. They'll face the Nets. And now tonight, the Wizards are going to face the Pacers, and whoever wins that will, will face Philly in the first round. So honestly, just to start off the show, what were your thoughts about the playing tournament, the playing games. Did you like it? Did you not? Yeah, I, I liked it. You know, yesterday at first, because the Spurs are getting blown out. I thought, damn, like this is, I didn't expect this team to be this bad. But then they got back in the game. You know, Dejounte Murray and the boys, they got back in it, and then the Grizzlies fought hard and they won it. I thought that game was good. And then you know, Lakers, Warriors, LeBron, Steph Curry. You know, they made that game what it was. Anthony Davis and Draymond Green, they made it what it was. I think that was a very, very playoff atmosphere game it was something I didn't think would happen with the plane I was pretty behind on it but now I think it's like a good idea for the most part because of the intensity that it brings to the game so I give it about a B plus yesterday I like the games I've seen so far hopefully today can be spectacular because you know Charlotte kind of stunk it up when they played for sure, for the Pacers the first time and Washington and Boston it was a good game but it wasn't like what it was yesterday mm -hmm. I think the West definitely showed out I was gonna say night one. I really it it really wasn't that good of basketball. Uh, the Celtics smashed the Wizards. Charlotte got smashed up by the Pacers. But yesterday it was really good basketball. At first you were right. The Spurs were getting blown out, but then they they got it together. Rudy Gay had a really good game. Uh, towards the end he made some clutch baskets, but ultimately John Moran was at, at a different level last night. But then the Lakers and and the Warriors that game was too good for you know too close for comfort. We ended up pulling it out. LeBron had an amazing shot. AD ended up turning it on in the second half. But overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I feel like it is good for the future. I feel like I, I heard someone say that it should be only be for the eighth seed. And I think that that's really smart. The seventh seed, you know, you're pretty firm. You're, pro you're, you're locked in the playoffs. The eighth seed something I can see them competing for in the future. I mean, I love the playing tournament. I love the idea because I think, you know, in other years, nobody would be interested in watching basketball at this time of the year until the playoffs started. And now we're getting um, – we're getting – competitive basketball near the end of the season heading right into the playoffs the Warriors and Lakers some people called it the game of the year it was amazing I, I think it was an amazing game I'm not sure about game of the year but it was an amazing game mm -hmm. um you're right though Eastern Conference games were really bad uh mostly because Westbrook is a complete choke when it's when something is on the line sheesh I, I mean can't, I can't that's his guy uh, I can't trash talk him I mean yeah. I'm just gonna be like, honest I, I, I'm watching I'm watching the game and I don't know what it is it's like Westbrook in games that are meaningful in these past couple of years just doesn't perform mm. I mean heading into this game versus Boston 
Westbrook was on a tear, like averaging 27, having like 13 rebounds and 13 assists. And he, he averaged gets 18 in May. Something crazy like that. Exactly. I knew it didn't mean anything when it was going to be down to the line, though. The thing is, they, they made good adjustments. Brad Stevens put Tatum on Russ the entire game, had Kemba playing defense on uh, Hachimura. That's just good adjustments on, on Brad Stevens' part. I guess so, but if you're a star, no, you're I'm with that you. he good. Hit a, he hit a jump shot off the backboard. Yeah, no, it wasn't it. Yeah, Listen, it had he nothing like, to do with Tatum. Like <laughs> yeah. He played like you trash. And, you know, I, Tatum, obviously, he's a great defender, and his length bothered Westbrook, but Westbrook also really missed point-blank layups that mm. other guards would definitely make. Like, I don't know what it is in, in games that matter in playoff situations. He doesn't show up, and Rasheed Wallace called him the, the best player in the NBA right now. He did? Yeah, he called him the best player in the NBA right now. Is well, he even top three point guard? That was ridiculous. I don't know. I like you know, He doesn't watch the NBA. Yeah, win, for real. Watch Not it. this season, at least. I don't even know if I can pick Washington to win. You know, you, you saw Bradley Bill. He still looks like he's hurting. He's limping a little bit. They need him at full strength. Indiana, I don't know what happened, but TJ McConnell, Doug McDermott, they just went on a tear. You know, they're not even fully healthy either, mm-hmm. so I, I don't have a true winner mm-hmm. <laughs> for tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't know who is going to win, but I think hopefully we can get a good game. You know, judging from last night, I, I really hope the East comes back and has a really great game. But, yeah, like you said, Westbrook just didn't look like himself as of late. You know, the Boston's defense – Hasn't been great. They've been pretty inconsistent. You know, Tatum, he carried them for most of the game. Boston's an inconsistent team. That was a game that Washington, they've been hot. They needed to pull that one out because Boston has been up and down. That's one you got to get the win. And I, I think now you're fighting for a spot in that eighth seed. Limping, you needed time for Bradley Bill to get healthy, and that could have been that because you would have won that game would have had this much time, so now you got to win this one. So Not only that, but Tatum locked down Westbrook and then gave him 50. 50. Yeah, like that's just ridiculous. On yeah, I didn't see Washington having anybody to really. And then Celtics, they don't have Jalen Brown either. So like the Wizards should have took full advantage of that. Yeah, they should have. Personally, I think that Indiana is going to beat them. Mm. I don't. I, be, I don't know who to pick. If, if Levert plays, I'm all in. Pacers could beat them, but he's right now. He's out with COVID right now, right? That's true. No, I think not it's COVID, health but and, health and yeah, safety health protocols. And safety but Westbrook is hurt. Beal is hurt. Mm-hmm. So I think Indiana, they might, you know. Get that Indiana is a solid team. Yeah, they Sabonis are. Bonus is one of the more underrated players in the league. Miles Turner's not playing. Brogdon's either. been playing very well. That's true. Is Turner Brogdon playing? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is playing. I can look it up for you. He is playing. Um, but yeah, and then what about Golden State versus Memphis? Who do you have winning that game? I mean, the last time they played, it was it was just like it was last night. You know, it was an intense game, fighting for that eighth seed. You know, you saw Dylan Brooks. As soon as he went out, the momentum shifted, and the Warriors took the lead back. I thought Dylan Brooks played pretty uh, impressive defense on Steph, as I've seen anybody play on him. I thought he made it comfortable. He was following him everywhere. He's an elite defender. Yeah, he was really showing out. He even locked up DeMar DeRozan last night. So, like, yeah, he was in really, the first half, yeah, yeah he, he was really. Struggled. He's been showing out. So I, I expect him, nonetheless, to take the assignment of Steph Curry. But I, I just, I don't know. I, it's hard. You know, Memphis against, I think, JV has to have a big game. I was going to say, is Valanciunas playing? He, if he does, he has to have a big game. John Moran, he has to step up. This is that moment where you have to ha- – this is that game that's going to pull him into that conversation. Like, all right, you've taken the next step playing game last year. He didn't take the step when they played Portland. He's in the same situation he is in this year. This has to be where he takes that next step. This is a young team. Him versus Steph Curry on the grand stage, he got to do it. But I think I'm going to just go with the Warriors. I think I can't bet on Steph right now. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a ride with the Warriors. Steph's been at a different level. He almost he almost took out my Lakers yesterday, and I thought we had no chance of losing last night. 
But the way that that they're all playing together, that team chemistry that they have going on right now, just playing through Steph Curry. Steph Curry sent up a lot of the offense. You see Jordan Poole getting his shots up. Uh, I'm blanking on this dude's numbers. 95. I don't want to disrespect him. Toscano Anderson. Yes, dude. He he's got a nice shot on him. He plays really good defense. So, I mean, the core that they have going is not. I, there's definitely better young cores in the league, but you get Clay on a team like this, man. They really could make a run. It's a shame that he's been out, but. Without, with that being said, I like them against the Grizzlies, even though the Grizzlies really are a really good overall squad. I just think that the Warriors are too hot right now, and I think that that'll give them the edge. Percy, for me, I know the Warriors are the favorites, but I just have a feeling that the Grizzlies are going to play spoilers. Mm-hmm. I just do. I mean, I think Dylan Brooks not playing really affected them in that game. I think if he played the entire game, Memphis probably wins. Um, and I think that Memphis is ready to take that next step now. I mean, this if they lose this game, this would be two years in a row that they were in the playoffs and now they got knocked out because of the plan. And I just feel like they're ready to take that next step. But I also, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn because the Warriors, if it's a closed game, you trust them to come out on top. Even, even yesterday, the Grizzlies showed how inexperienced and young they were. They mm-hmm. almost blew the game to the Spurs late in the game. You know, John Morant was missing shots. They were missing the entire team was missing shots. If you do that against Golden State with a guy like Curry, I don't think you come you can come away on top in that type of situation. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's gonna be tough, but I could really see it happening. But I was wondering what where is Brandon Clark? Did he not play? He just he just he hasn't been he's he's healthy. He plays a little bit. He just doesn't coach just doesn't throw him out there. I think with uh Jackson coming back. Running that two big lineup with Jackson out there and then JV down low, I think Brandon Clark hasn't seen much minutes. You know, even when he played the Warriors, he played about thirteen minutes. Yeah, he played fourteen, had two points, one for four. Yeah, he's not. Uh, he's just, I don't know. I don't know what's been going on. Valanciunas did play yesterday. He ate. No, he, he, he was yeah, he was killing facts. the Spurs. That's weird because Brandon Clark, I I think he's a good player, but his minutes they're actually up this year. But he's averaging ten point three points per game, shooting twenty six percent from three. Yeah, the Grizzlies aren't a good three-point shooting team. Maybe it just wasn't a good matching for him yesterday. Yeah, he's 24 years old. Oh, he's got promise. So he's in, he's in his second year in the league. He was, a, four year, he was a four-year uh, player at college. It's like Jay Sean Tate is a rookie. He's going to be 25. Cause he, no, he's 25 now. That's, oh, he was go. playing with D-Lo. Uh-huh. Way back. He was like a senior or junior when he's D-Lo was a freshman. Old, but he, was playing, he played well this year. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. I mean, I don't know what's up with Brandon Clark. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I just I know for a fact the refs are going to be in there, and they just they like nobody wants to see the Grizz. I I want to see the Grizzlies. I don't in the think playoffs. anyone wants to see the Warriors right now. No, I bro. mean like from a fan perspective, uh, I think everybody oh, yeah. wants to see the Warriors in the playoffs. Because I, of Steph, no yeah, doubt. I, per, I, no I like John Morant. So I I like either way. You know, I, I can I'm go either you. way. But I think fans want to see the Warriors, and this is right now. This is a game where Steph just has to win, just like how Westbrook has to win. This I feel like this is a game that. People are going to look back, and if he doesn't win this game, it's going to be that little stain on his legacy. You know, he has to get this win. You had a great season. You have to come out, and you have to win that and get into the playoffs. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no excuse for this game. Mm-hmm. Draymond has to step up two points, four points, however much. I didn't even think. I don't. I, it felt like, to me, he didn't score. He played great. For all his defensive, he's a great, great elite all-time defender, but you have to put points on the board. He did, he did handle Anthony Davis pretty yeah, well that first I knew, time. But I, like, I knew he was going to do that because he's one of the best matchups on AD, and they play each other every time. I was going to say, I think time. there's a stat they've played defense against yeah, each other so the most. I, 
But I just know, like, offensively, he has to put up some points. Wiggins, he played well, you know, playing against LeBron. He played pretty good defense against LeBron yesterday. And he, on offense, he showed up. And Not LeBron in the form. got angry. Yeah, but yeah. he showed up when he needed to. So I think he's going to have a good game this, this uh, t- tomorrow night, pardon mm-hmm. me. And then Jordan Poole, he got to step up. Kent Bazemore, he's got to step up. It just has to be a collective effort, not just Steph. You just really missed the number two there. Like I'm, t- if Clay was on this squad, this team they obviously wouldn't be fighting for an A seed. Yeah, I mean, obviously too. I, I think that uh, what kept the Warriors in that game was that everybody was hitting their shots. It's kind of Anderson, Jordan Poole, Wiggins. They're, they're gonna get open. Everybody was hitting their shots. Yeah. So that's really gonna be the case in the playoffs with the Warriors. You know, if those guys around Steph can hit their shots. They'll be fine. I, I said this earlier. I never tweeted this out or said it on the podcast. I said it in my head, though, <laughs> that uh, this year is a weird year when we talk about seeding, especially not so much in the East because the Nets are the second seed and we know they're for real. They're legit. But in terms of the West, the Jazz, the Suns, the top two seeds, I think, are not favorites to come out of the West. They are they're probably, probably the lab- fourth. They're labeled as pretenders. You have the Lakers, who are the seventh seed, but they're really the first seed. Like They're, they're the, the best team in, in the West. They're going to beat Phoenix in the first round. Nice bye-bye, nice season, <laughs> but you're leaving, you're leaving. And then so. we talk about uh, the Warriors, where they're not really an eighth-seeded team. Like, they're mm-hmm. going, if the, they win, they will face Utah. The Warriors are a four-slash-fifth-seeded team. They're not an eighth-seeded team. Okay. So the Jazz aren't going to be facing a team that, is just barely walking into the playoffs because with Steph, their winning percentage, like they, if uh, he played the entire season, their winning percentage is up there with... Um, I think ahead of Portland and Dallas. Ahead of Dallas, Portland, they, they would be the fifth seed. if They've had their fair share injuries too, but like I get I get what the point yeah, you're making. Even that, but it's just really just a Steph thing. I, get what like you, oh, I think sure, they're one man. in seven no, when it, Steph it doesn't a, play. It is it's a Steph, Steph thing, thing but I'm it. just saying, I think this year's seeding in the West, it's unlike anything it's we've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, the past couple the past, if you look at the past six years, you look at the first and second seed in the West. It's been Golden State, Houston, sometimes Golden State, Houston. This past last year, year, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They've all either won the championship or made the WCF. This year, I think it's very possible that the first two seeds in the West are knocked out first the, round, b- you before think? the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. I think the Suns Definitively, will get knocked out. No I think doubt Utah about it. Utah get knocked in the second round. I think, but I also think we'll, we'll get into it later mm-hmm. on in the previews. But I also think Utah, they have a chance to get upset. First round, they do. Mm-hmm. They do. This yeah. Warriors team can upset them. Yeah, because I, of the matchup. I'm with, with you. Draymond and Rudy Gobert. Them playing small can really minimize his impact a lot. Yep. And this is, a, I mean, obviously they would rather face the Warriors than the Lakers, mm-hmm. but. This is not going to be an easy series either. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of you. And we're going to get into that later, that that mismatch Draymond at the five is going to cause for Rudy yeah. Gobert. But I agree. With, I think, like, if Steph, he's going to get double teamed. He's going to get triple. He's going to see all that. If the Warriors are going to get their open shots. Mm-hmm. It's just about who's going to be out there and if they can hit their shots. You know, if JTA can hit his shots like he did last night. If Like, let's be realistic. Last night in the game, Jordan Poole had an open look in the corner to tie the game. Yeah. You no, know, it was there. They, they didn't. I, I, I can't even say they definitively lost that game. I just think you know LeBron just hit the shot. Lakers took it. Yeah, yep. they they had they had their opportunities down the stretch. You know, so I I believe that they're gonna get their shots. They just have to hit their shots. And like like, like Joel said, I don't think the Warriors. I think the Warriors are right in that conversation with Portland and Dallas. You know, they had a lot of injuries, but I think they're in that. Without even with Steph, without Clay, they're in this group right here is in that Portland Dallas conversation. Like they're right there with them. So bringing in the number two is gonna be great for them to get them back into that WCF conversation. Yep. 
we're gonna see we're gonna see tomorrow night how that's gonna go. I really hope they don't lose. I really right. do. Moving on to the NBA awards, MVP, most improved player, rookie of the year, six men of the year, defensive player of the year, and coach of the year. So I have my NBA awards. I'll go first and I'll just say off the bat, MVP is Julius Randle. Most improved player is Julius Randle as well. <laughs> rookie of the year is Emmanuel Quickly. Six man of the year is Derrick Rose. Defensive player of the year is Nerlens Noel. You just name the and Knicks. Coach just, of the year is he's Tom Thibodeau. That's at least what it should be, uh-huh. but it will be this, right? Okay. Let's just start with MVP first. I think, you know, MVP is Nikola Jokic. I think we can all go ahead and watch yeah, that one. For me, I don't know why Chris Paul has gotten his push to be MVP. I saw you saying that. That's a little disrespectful. But I don't think it's disrespectful. Uh-huh. I think it's not a lifetime achievement award. Okay. It's about what you've done this season. And there are five players who have had better years than Chris Paul. Chris Paul is averaging 16 and 9. Those are Kyle Lowry numbers. Yep. Last year, Kyle, I mean, two years ago, no, it was last year, Kyle Lowry, when Kawhi left, averaged 19 points per game and seven assists. The Raptors were the second seed. Nobody was talking about Kyle Lowry being the MVP. It's disrespect. And nobody. Utah Jazz, they've been the first seed the entire year. Nobody even mentions Mitchell or Gobert in the MVP conversation. But all of a sudden, Chris Paul is the only engine to this team, like, a lot, of, a lot of good guys. You know, we're not going to disregard Monty Williams, uh, Mikel Bridges, Devin Booker, Aiton, uh, Cam Johnson, mm. Jay Crowder's impact. I think just trying to put Chris Paul on a pedestal is really minimizing the impact of these other guys because these guys have developed, especially Mikel Bridges. He made a really big jump yep. this past year. Only thing I'll say to that is Utah's been in the playoff mix before this season. The yeah, Sun, same with Toronto. Suns so. really it, that's true. They won a championship. But without too. Kawhi. And I'm with you there. Listen, that, that Kyle Lowry uh take was was pretty strong. But Utah Jazz have been in the in the playoff mix the last few years at least. Suns haven't sniffed the playoffs since Steve Nash and Mari Stoudemire left. Chris Paul last year they were they did go A no in the bubble to to give themselves a chance to to go into the playoffs. Obviously they didn't. But even still, CP three comes to the Suns. They become the second seed, the one of the best teams in the league. Arguably the best team in the league right now. Obviously, Lakers probably the best while they're healthy. Good. Would Chris Paul, does he deserve the MVP over Jokic? We would say no. I would say no. Embiid? No. How about uh, Julius well, Randle? I would say uh, that's arguable because he played more. He played a good portion of the season compared to Embiid. Embiid got played with getting injured. If he didn't get, get injured, he probably would have been MVP. I get it, but Embiid's season, I think, has just been way too dominant. Okay, so fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Julius Randle, does he have a better case? No. I think Julius Randle. I would, I would one take of the Julius. Wor- the we don't worst. have to explain. We yeah, got it. I'm no. with you. Yeah. I'm with you, with, you, with you in that one. Okay, then uh, Donovan Mitchell. I would take Chris Paul. Because that Utah Jazz team all around is very good. Steph Curry? Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Um, I would say Giannis before uh, Chris Paul. Giannis, too, yeah. No doubt about it. I would it. say James Harden, too. No, Chris no, no. But no. he's not. He's been hurt. I think Kyrie has a better case. That's if that's fair. The only thing that he's has been, playing been going against Kyrie year, is the media. If he... Listen, I'm not telling him to shut up and... and, and 50, 40, 90. I respect what he's doing. The reason he's why... Been second seed. The reason why I crazy. wouldn't say Kyrie is because when Harden and KD went out and Kyrie was playing, Kyrie couldn't beat the Bulls. Mm-hmm. When both Kyrie and KD went out, James Harden kept them... Where they were, but Harden Harden's amazing. Enough. Yeah, that's, I, yeah that, I'm, I'm saying like just if we're talking off injuries, I would say I would say Harden over Chris Paul, but I can't give Kyrie that because Kyrie goes out and they don't miss a beat. You know, Harden goes out, Katie and Kyrie lose a couple games. You know, it's it they don't look the same. Katie goes out, Harden and Kyrie don't really miss a beat, but the consistent is when Harden goes out, 
They miss a beat when yeah. Harden's there. They don't miss a beat. So that's why I wouldn't. Kyrie, because they I don't have really, to be the primary ball yeah, handlers. I can't. I can't really say Kyrie over Chris Paul because Kyrie's impact. Missing I can't Kyrie, say it either, we can but still I understand. missing Kyrie. You can what still about say. Dame? See, uh, I can't. Kawhi. No, with time with load management, he ruins his MVP case every year. <laughs> I mean, I, I I really think that there. You know, we named about a couple guys here, but I think there are five there's to a, six a definitive few, guys a that have a better case than Chris Paul. So. Mm-hmm. I think we all agree, though, Nikola Jokic should win the MVP. Definitely. Let's see if he does win the MVP. Most improved player. I mean, my guy is Julius Randle. Yeah, I think we can all agree. Yeah, yeah. That's a Julius Randle, yep. easy. I mean, this guy got the jersey right behind me. He is the GOAT, for real. So, right. then the rookie of the year. Uh, that's what it's going to get tricky. I'm going to go first. Okay. I think Anthony Edwards is rookie of the year. So, you know what's my funny? God. We both flipped. Because how last episode I was on, I said that Anthony Edwards is going to win rookie of the year. I'm LaMelo Ball now. What changed? What changed about Lamelo? I think he he played a decent amount of games. Fifty-one games. He started thirty-one. He was third amongst rookies in rebounds. He was second in points. He led rookies in assists. He averaged over a, a what a steal and a half a game. Which so he showed that he's still versatile on both sides of the ball. And he and he brought his team to the. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he brought because they have a good core, but he was definitely the reason why. One of the strong reasons why they made a push towards the playoffs. Obviously, they didn't end up making it. Regardless of the fact, the Wolves were they didn't even sniff the the play in games. You know what I mean? Anthony Edwards has has good cast around him too. I mean, I'm taking Carl Anthony uh Carl Anthony Towns over every single player on the Hornets. He's been injured though. That's true, but even still, I mean he's played enough. I think he was out in the beginning you know, of the season with COVID. That, but that core has played like thirteen games together. You're when, saying the Wolves? When D-Lo's D-Lo, there, D-Lo and Cato there, they have that's a winning true. record. Yeah, like was D-Lo, out when they all play, they're, they're like a winning. Months. They have a winning record. They've been out for a long time. So I, I'm not going to so say. So you're saying next season they're going to be? I, listen, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves are a travesty. I'm mm-hmm. not going to sit here and say mm-hmm. they would have made the playoffs, but I would say Anthony Edwards. I don't know. What happened when when Lamelo went out? He started to look like a completely sure. different guy. And then when Lamelo when Lamelo came back, he still was on go. You know, mm-hmm. he still looked phenomenal. His scoring jumped up. His percentage jumped up. You know, he just was showing us that he can really be a superstar in this league. I think the award can go either way, mm-hmm. but I would personally give it to Anthony Edwards because of his his jump from where he was at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. towards the end. Like he made solid improvements every month, every month. Even with the guys came back, he still looked like he looked like the best player on the court with Cap and D'Lo in some of those games when they were winning. So I me personally, I would just gear towards Anthony Edwards. Okay. You know what I think it is as well? I, I think it is uh it's kinda like what happened uh two years ago with Luga and Trey. The difference is that Luca and Trey both play the entire season. Mm-hmm. We saw Luca the entire year played well from the start to the finish. Trey Young, first half of the season was pretty really inefficient. Yeah. But then in that second half, he started having these magical performances. The same thing can be said for Anthony Edwards. What's gonna hurt LaMelo in this case is that he was hurt. He missed twenty games. Yep. And Anthony Edwards, while LaMelo was hurt, was dominating the headlines, was dominating the highlights, had fantastic performances. I mean, he finished averaging 19 points per game, shooting 42% from the field and 33% from three. You know, I don't think those are horrible numbers compared to where he was starting from, where he was really inefficient. I mean, there was a point in time where he was shooting like high, high like 30% from the field. Can you repeat his percentages again? 42 percent from the from the field and thirty three percent from the thirty three. Yeah, Lamelo averaged forty three point six and thirty five point two. 
Yes, I mean, I think that's pretty similar, yeah, especially no, for sure. talking about how Anthony Edwards it is, is a close race. Score. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just go with Anthony Edwards because I think you got to reward a guy for playing the entire season. He did not miss a game mm-hmm. the entire season. Yeah, that's crazy. And I think Minnesota also, you know, you talk about Carl Anthony Towns and stuff, but I think the Hornets have better coaching. And all around, I think their team is better. They have more depth. Okay. And LaMelo has been amazing. I'm not going to knock him, but I kind of think that the hype got to everybody's head because he is not the, I wouldn't call, maybe third best player on the team. I mean, I think Hayward is over him. Rozier is over him. I would say Hayward is one. Hayward is one. Rozier is two. LaMelo is three. But on some nights. It's his rookie year. Yeah, no doubt. But on some nights. Devontae Graham could be better. PJ Washington. Miles Bridges could be better. I wouldn't say PJ. I would Nothing say on, on nights. Devontae, I'm saying on yeah. nights he Devontae can be Graham better. is very inconsistent compared to LaMelo. But on nights, he could bug oh, well, out listen, and be I'm the best. Listen, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. Devontae Graham, when he's in his bag, is nice. And I think, like, yesterday's game kind of hurt them, in, in a sense. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of put them, put everybody in the, okay, let's relax on LaMelo and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. You know, let's relax on the hype and all that. Because, they, you know, they got blown out by the G League team or the Pacers, if we're yeah. being honest. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, Shea Brissett had 23. Look at that. We'll see what happens next season if he Super plays teams. a full season. I mean, him breaking his hand probably ruined all the momentum that he had going for him. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. No doubt about it. But, I, but I get what you're saying about playing every single game. That is very impressive. And the fact he led all rookies in scoring. What more could you really ask for? So, six man of the year. My guy is Jordan Clarkson. Yep. I think he's a six man of the year. Like, no doubt about it. I don't know if you guys have somebody different. <laughs> I've been no, on the Jordan Clarkson six man of the year. Trained for like four months, man. He's, I'm not happy about giving this award to him. Not at he, all. He has completely changed the trajectory of the Utah Jazz. Not just him, but I think he's one of the main reasons, you know, coming in last year, kind of like, you know, fitting into the role, but then this year taking that big leap, this Quinn Snyder giving him the keys off the bench and saying, look, just go out there and score. That's what we need you to do. We need more scoring. Just go out there, go get a bucket. And that's what Jordan Clark is best at doing, coming off the bench and just igniting that spark. Even when Donovan Mitchell went down, Mike Conley went down. He was coming off that bench and keeping them in games. I think he put up 40 points one time off the bench. So he's been dominant off the bench. I don't, other than D Rose, which is probably the only other guy I see, like you could put the word over him, but uh, I got Jordan Clarkson as my sixth man of the year. Bogdanovich on the Jazz, does he start every game? Yeah, he starts. Okay. He's, he's very good. Bro averages 17 points a game. Joe, Joe Ingles comes off the bench. Okay. And Joe Ingles has been playing very solid this he season, has a too. Case too. Yeah. No, but I got Jordan Clarkson. It's upsetting because when he played with LeBron, he was horrible. But he's definitely revitalized his career in Utah. He's shooting forty-two point five from the field, forty-four, thirty-four from from three. I mean, he's taking a lot of shots, so I get why the percentages are, I guess, a little bit lower than what you would want a, a high efficient score to be. But no, this guy's. I mean, he's averaging close to nineteen points a game. He definitely has earned this award. Defense Player of the Year. My guy's Rudy Gobert. Two Utah Jazz players. I mean, Rudy Gobert is averaging 2.7 blocks per game. Um, the Jazz are 11.9 points better when he's on the floor. Shooters are 7.7% worse when he's the one contesting the shots. And he tops the NBA in defensive field goal attempts at 19.1. His defensive rating is 100.9. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And his plus minus for the season is plus 728. I think he is... The defensive player of the year by far. You know, I know Ben Simmons has a case, but I don't think it's over Rudy Gobert, especially when you look at what the Jazz have done this season, being mm-hmm. the first seed. I mean, I have I have Gobert as my defensive player of the year too. 
I wanted to give it to Ben, especially with the fact that Embiid went down. He still kept his team in the at the one seed. I know the Sixers have a good unit around them, but obviously I feel like Ben did a good portion of that work, especially defensively. Uh, you guys were arguing with me that he can't play uh, one to guard one to five, but I mean, he has a pretty good history. I mean, there's been moments where the the five has definitely burned him, but even still, you, you ask him to play against the five for a play or two, I'm sure that he could do that. Uh, another case in Ben's favor, when he played uh, when he played uh, Rudy Gobert, he dropped 40 on him. Uh, I, I think Rudy Gobert is going to win this award. You're, as you said, the the defensive rating that he had is unbelievable. Averaging almost three blocks a game is crazy. 13.5 rebounds a game. Like, this dude's solid. His team's the number one seed in the West. Overall, number one seed. So, I mean, it's deserved that he's going to win it, but there's definitely a case for Ben, like you said. You know, this, like, oh, my God. I was I was caught between three people. I feel like the Defensive Player of the Year award needs to get, like, expanded you know I okay. think we need to look at it at a different lens and you know don't get me wrong I get Rudy Gobert's case you know he's one of the best rim protectors in the league he's one of the you know he stops everything he deflect he like he's really a, an elite defender down low but I think like when you look at guys like Bam Adebayo Draymond Green guys who can you know defend at the rim and then go out and guard perimeter players I think that needs to be like something that needs to be talked about you know Rudy Gobert for all his great like for all his great defensive effectiveness mm. on the perimeter he looks like a liability against stars you know you get him in a pick and roll out there he becomes weak i think with Bam Adebayo you get him in a pick and roll out there he becomes dangerous you know he can still guard your wings your star your point guards elite or not mm-hmm. you know Kevin Durant James Harden Steph Curry it doesn't really matter he can go out there he can stick them same with Draymond you know you put him in a pick and roll he can go out there and guard your perimeter players, your LeBrons, your Paul George, your Kawhi, your Katie. So it doesn't matter. But, like, you know, I think they're going to give it to Rudy Gobert. But I personally think, you know, Bam Adebayo should get defensive player of the year this year. I think his impact on Miami being one of the five best defensive teams in the league, I think that has something to be said. His rim protecting is elite at 6'10. He can go out there and guard. He can literally, you say Ben can do it. Mm-hmm. Bam can literally, and he has the numbers to back it up, guard one through five, no matter who it is, whether it be an elite player all-star he can do it so I, I personally would give it to Bam Adebayo I mean before the season I had Bam Adebayo winning defensive player of the year so mm-hmm. I wouldn't be mad with that pick I think it could go either way maybe it favors Bam because Rudy has already won defensive player of the year He's like tw- really? two in a year right two two in a row so I feel like if the Jazz weren't the one seed I could I could understand that logic but them being the one the number the number one overall one too yeah. and I believe coach of the year has already been named it's Monty Williams yep they voted him as coach of the year I was upset about that. You thought it should have been Tom Tibbs, Thibodeau? Yeah, man. I think it should have been Thibodeau. I would have gave it to Tibbs. You know, that team was projected to be one of the worst teams in the Another league. Another lottery pick, and they go to the fourth seed overall. Come on. I mean, you know what I mean? In the East. That's ridiculous. I would, I would, I would, I would have gave it to Tibbs. my boy Tibbs. That'd have been his second, too. Probably no, I think it'd have been his third. His son's he had a 17 game improvement, though. What, do you, what did they, the Knicks have that? They had probably like a 20 game improvement. It had to be. Yeah. I mean, I think it should have been the Knicks too. Not gonna lie, turning them not not just the record, turning them into a top tips. four defense in the league. I, aren't they number one? I think they're third in defensive rating. Okay, um, putting you know helping Julius Randle get to that All Star All NBA caliber level. You know the improvements in R J Barrett and the team. I think like I think Coach of the Year. They need to just look at more than records. You know, Monty Williams gets credit too, but I think him and Chris Paul kind of shared the load in that sense. But I think Tom Thibodeau. He's he he started it all, you know, mm-hmm. getting there, 
implementing that culture, implement, implementing that defensive integrity. Like, I know I was a Bulls fan. Like, mm. we had D. Rose out there playing defense. So he really implementing all that and getting that team to be where it's at. It's no reason why he shouldn't have won it. That's crazy. Yeah, Knicks were number one in points allowed. <sighs> That's So an- another thing to, to give credit to Tibbs. You got Chris Paul, who who brings like another coaching mind into the into the Suns and organization. They have a scorer in Devin Booker. Well, there you go. And with with the Knicks, Julius Randle, he's been playing out of his mind. But I don't think that he's at that coaching position yet. Obviously, you don't really have anyone on the Knicks that are is like that, other than I guess D Rose. But D Rose didn't get there until till what second half of the season. Yep. Uh, I feel like that that's more credit to Tibbs. Tibbs really uh, epitomized what you want out of your head coach. You're asking a lot out of your players. The players are giving back to to what the the coach is preaching to them, and, and it's showing on the court. and And the numbers don't lie. You you bring this this group of guys to the number one defense in points right now, and offensively, could they be a little bit better? Sure, but that's just the talent that they have right now. Credit to Tibbs. Credit to Tibbs. We're gonna talk about the first round of the NBA plus. We're going to start with the West, going from the one, two, three, then four. Four series on each conference. So the first series, uh, Utah Jazz are either going to face the Memphis Grizzlies or the Golden State Warriors. For Tom's sake, I'm guessing we're all just going off the assumption that they will probably face Golden State. Okay. okay. Right? Because, and if they're going to face Golden State, the Warriors are 2-1 and one against the Jazz this year in the regular season. But Mitchell didn't play for the last matchup. Conley didn't either. And like I mentioned earlier, I think the Jazz right here, they're facing a fifth-seeded team in the Warriors, not facing an eighth-seeded team. They're facing a team who can really light it up because of Steph Curry. Um, He's averaging 32 points per game, five rebounds, five assists, um, close to six. I personally have the Jazz in six. Okay. I think it's going to be a much closer series than people expect. I have them in six. Because I think the defensive game plan they're going to have on Steph Curry is just going to be insane. You know, I think you saw glimpses of it with the Lakers double-teaming him, but I think the Jazz are going to take it to another level in terms of the double-teams, maybe incorporate some boxing ones and really try to mess with Steph Curry that way. Um, but all in all, I think it's going to be a tough series because you look at the Jazz, their best defender is Royce O'Neal. Uh, maybe Mike Conley gets put on Curry, but I think it's going to be Royce O'Neal. I really don't trust that. You know, against Curry. I don't I don't trust anybody against Curry. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna have to double him. So it's really about the Warriors hitting their shots. And especially with Draymond being that small ball center, it can really affect Gobert. Because in those pick and roll situations where Draymond is coming up setting up a screen for Curry, Gobert is gonna have to have the responsibility of of trapping Curry with whoever the which with, with whoever's defending Curry at the at the point in time. When Draymond gets the ball, it's four. It's 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 uh four against three. Mm-hmm. I just think Draymond always knows how to make the right play, and that's going to be something that is going to be tough for Utah to handle. You know, <clears throat> it's the playoffs. Throw everything out of what happened in the regular season to new basketball, new intensity. We saw it last night. The Lakers and the Warriors. We saw the refs letting them get a little physical. Let us. It was a lot of contact out there. I love to see it. I think the Jazz, I I think this is the best matchup. And that's because for Rudy Gobert, I think, you know, like you said, you touched on it. Draymond being at the five is going to really put some damage on Rudy Gobert because in that pick and roll, you know, we saw last night, sometimes Steph just ran around the big. 
You know, he just blew past the big, went for a layup. And even if he didn't, you know, his counters are so impressive. He'll throw it to Draymond and keep running, which will leave his man, and then he'll get an open layup or he'll get an open three. I think in this series, Draymond has to be more effective when he gets that ball. He has to make a quick move, whether it be to take the three, which I don't have a problem with, or take the floor to the layup. If Rudy Gobert's not in the paint, you should take it every time. I've seen it a few times. He tried to dunk on a few dudes. He'd uh-huh. be, he be wilder. But, <laughs> but, yeah, he and it's just the other guys. You know, who's going to be out there? I think their best lineup last night, they was putting out Mulder, Poole, Wiggins, and Draymond. I think and with Steph out there, you know, two shooters. Wiggins is all right. He's an all right shooter. And then Draymond at the five. You know, I think that's you're going to have to be ready to put out a shooting lineup because the Utah Jazz are one of the best three-point shooting teams yeah. in the league. Mm-hmm. They have a Donovan Mitchell who can explode for 10 points in two to three minutes. Mike Conley, who's been very improved this year. He looks like the old Mike Conley. Joe Ingles and Joe, Jordan Clarkson off that bench. Bodon in the starting lineup. He can shoot. You know, so this is a good team. This is not. This is a very good offensive team. And I think it's going to really come down to defense. Both of these teams are elite defensively. Warriors not being that great in the clutch defensively, but this is a team, Utah, where they have the best player. The Warriors have the best player in the court at all times. They just have to really utilize, you know, getting Rudy Gobert in foul trouble, you know, exploiting his weakness on the perimeter because that's one of their best players, you know, getting him out the game because the Warriors want Utah to run small ball. If they run small ball, that is the Warriors' best asset, you know, playing at the small ball. Doing that. I think Kevon Looney's also going to be huge. You know, he's been playing well, defending the post, defending bigs, you know, getting defensive rebounds, running the pick and roll. So it's it's going to be a tough series. But, like, with all that being said, I have the Jazz in six. I just think they're a superior team. They're going to throw a lot of doubles at Steph. Steph's going to have his 30. But I just think the Jazz have too much firepower. So I have the Jazz in six. See, I, you said something there. You would put Michael Mulder over Toscano, Toscano Anderson? It's... And it depends because if you need scoring, yeah, I would because I think JTA can hit the shot, but Mulder's obviously more efficient. So I think in a, in a situation where Steph is being double teamed, and you throw it out to Draymond. Draymond's going to need multiple options to hit for a three point shot. So it, it depends on a certain situation. But if it looks like a grind out defensive game, obviously I'm gonna put JT out there. He's a smarter player. He's baby Draymond. So I feel like what this comes down to for me is experience, and I feel like who has more playoff experience than the Warriors. I do think Utah come out on top, but I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think Utah, if they're going to win this series, it's going to be in seven. I feel like this is the best we've ever seen Steph Curry playing at, and he's won a unanimous MVP, and this man is just surprising me night in, night out with the way he's playing. Last night, he showed me something that I didn't think that he was he was built like that, but I got to give him his credit. This man can shoot with his eyes closed and make a bucket. That being said, I don't know if there's someone on the Jazz that can keep up with Steph Curry. His off-ball movement is probably the greatest I've ever seen from a guard. This man, his cardio, his running is is like none other. He's running back and forth without the ball, trying to get himself open. There was a play last night. Dre was just at the top of the key. Curry runs to, to the basket, runs to the three-point line, then runs back for the cut to, to get an easy layup. Only Curry's doing something like that. If you If you had Wiggins motivated the way that Curry's motivated right now, that would be enormous for the Warriors because they just need one other guy that's putting in the effort that this guy Curry is putting into the team for them to really make some noise. I'm not going to discredit Wiggins because Wiggins has been pretty solid. He 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 could be a little bit more consistent, be a little more uh, assertive in his approach at the game, but I feel right now the Jazz are definitely the stronger team overall. They have more talent around them, so that's why I think that they'll ultimately win. But I think that the Warriors are going to give them a really good fight. 
the thing with me is when I look at the Jazz and the Warriors, this is just matchup wise, it's not good because you have Draymond who them playing small is gonna affect Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. I know Jazz fans feel like it won't because we've read the comments before and they're really they're really they defend their team. But that being said, it is a real thing. Rudy <laughs> Gobert in the playoffs, when teams play small, we saw it against Houston, his impact is neutralized. But also what we're not talking about is that Wiggins has been a top 10 or if not top five perimeter defender in the NBA this season. And if he's matched up on Donovan Mitchell, it's gonna be rough. And Donovan Mitchell coming off an injury, not having played that much near the end of the year. If he is rusty and Wiggins does defend him really well, mm-hmm. who else is going to step up and take on that scoring load? It can be Jordan Clarkson, but even then, you don't know because Jordan Clarkson has tendency to be inefficient. Streaky. So, you know, if Wiggins can guard Mitchell and really neutralize his game, that's going to be a lot of trouble for um, the Jazz. I mean, like I said, this is not an eighth-seeded team. This is a fifth-seeded team. So we And like you mentioned, Curry is the best player in the series. But I do think the Jazz just have way too much talent with Conley, Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles off the bench, Clarkson, Derek Favors, like they have a lot of guys. But I mean, just a question for you guys: If you are the Jazz, what are you doing? Are you double teaming Steph? Are you forcing the ball out of his hands, or are you putting O'Neal on him, letting Steph go off, making sure guys don't hit shots? Well, I'm gonna use one of the regular season games as you know an example. You know they blew him out by fifty, uh, the Jazz, but Steph had an efficient thirty points. Like he looked. He looked well. He looked good. The team just didn't show up. You know, with, and Royce O'Neal isn't a bad defender. I don't think he's a bad. I think he's a good defender. I think Mike Conley is also a good defender. I would, with them throwing out, they're probably going to start Curry, Wiggins. Uh, I don't know who the guard, the two guard is, but they're probably going to put out Draymond and Kevon Looney. I think double team. more. Yeah, Bazemore. I think double teaming him would be the best. Leave Kevon Looney open because he sometimes like to stand at the three point line. I don't know why mm-hmm. in the corner. Is Uber out for the season? No, he's just out. Okay, he said he's he should be back probably game two or game three. Okay, okay. But, um, yeah, I think double teaming him would be the best bet and just letting the other players beat you. You know, that's been the theme all year. This team, you know, they as of late they they them and the Knicks have been one of the hottest teams over the past two months. But I think come playoff time, this is this is the team where you're like, all right. We have to lock down Steph and let everybody else beat us. If everybody else beat us, they deserve to win this series. But I don't. I think their their game is to neutralize Steph Curry because he can get off and get hot. Once he gets hot, he initiates that like that aurora on everybody else, and mm-hmm. then everybody else starts to feel it, and then the game is over. Yeah, there's no there's no shot in the NBA that's as devastating as Steph Curry's three. He could go zero for eight. He hits that first three. The game could change. So I feel like the Jazz's mentality have to be let anyone else beat us other than Steph Curry. I feel like that's that would give them the best chance to win because these other guys they can't rely on 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 Pool can't rely on uh, Tucker. I'm sorry, I keep blanking on his name. JT, there you go. Toscano Anderson, Toscano Anderson, um, Draymond Wig- like Wiggins. I mean, he he dropped a cool 21, but I don't know if that you can guarantee him to do that every single night and i feel like you'd rather put the pressure on them than than curry or you know what i mean like make them um excuse me let them get their buckets curry 
you you got to do your best to to try and shut them down. In the scenario that they do face the Memphis Grizzlies and the Grizzlies beat the Warriors, mm. I have the Jazz beating them in four. I think it's a sweep. I think Memphis matches up well, but they don't have a star. I don't think they like. I think JV is. You know, they can play that big bully ball, get down low. They have shooters. They don't. They you know they're not a great three point shooting team. But they have they have they play a style where they can get in on Utah. But with that being said, I don't think they have a star. I think Donovan Mitchell is clear clear as day better than Memphis. Same with Rudy Gobert. Memphis doesn't have a star. No, not yet. Really? Yeah, I don't think I don't think Jaws isn't a star yet. Not yet. I don't think he's a star yet. Okay. I think Donovan and Gobert are just above and beyond Memphis. Okay. Those two guys. I think Mike Conley. I would think is better than Utah, and that's three players alone. You know, so I think Utah, like you said, Utah in four. I think. Memphis can make a couple games. Probably at Memphis tough, but I would have Utah in four. I think that'd be easy series for them. I think it'd probably be Utah in four or five. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count out uh, John Morant and Valanciunas going crazy for one game and 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 upsetting them one time. But for for a good portion of that series is going to be Utah dominating. Yeah, I think so too. Now on to the next series, the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks, a rematch of last year's round first round matchup. The Mavs are 2-1 and one against the Clippers this year, but Kawhi didn't play for one of those games. I had the Clippers in six. Same as last year. It could be five. I think this Clippers team is different, and the Dallas Mavericks have a worse defensive rating this year than they did last year, and their offense also this year is significantly worse. Trading Seth Curry for Josh Richardson has been a disaster of a move. They allow 113 opponents points per per 100 per 100 possessions, and I think it's just the Luca show. When you look at everybody, Maxi Kleba he averages like six points, and he plays 20 plus minutes. You look at Josh Richardson, very inefficient from three. You're not sure what you're going to get from Kristaps Porzingis. Dorian Finney-Smith, I do like him as a player. Jalen Brunson off the bench, Tim Hardaway Jr. But I just think this Clippers team is so much different because they got rid of their liabilities. Montrez Harrell was a liability on defense and couldn't stretch out the floor on offense. And then Lou Williams, we know he's a great scorer, but he is a liability on defense. They added guys like Rondo, Ibaka, who can stretch the floor. Luke Kennard, who can stretch the floor. Terrence Mann, who's been really playing well for the Clippers. And Nicholas Batum, who is a good two-way player. I just think that the Clippers have far more talent. They have the best player in the series in Kawhi Leonard. And I don't think um, the Mavericks are going to surprise the Clippers this year like they did last year. I think last year, Luka still hot coming into the playoffs. You weren't sure what he was going to be. But now having played them already, I think it's going to be a different series. And I, I see Clippers in six, but I I could see it in five too. Okay. <laughs> you guys know I'm a Paul George homer, so you know how that really? is. But yeah, I know clue. <laughs> well, with that, um, no, um, you know, Clippers and six. You know, I think this team, Dallas is a good team. I think they have good pieces. You know, but I, like you, like you said, and I agree with you. I think it's too much Luca. You know, I think everything revolves around Luca. They they rely too much on him heavily, and we've seen that. You know, with James Harden, sometimes it gets taxing and it gets hard, and sometimes you, in a playoff series, it just becomes too much. And when you focus on that one person. Rhythm is everything for an NBA player, and the other guys don't get rhythm. And then when you finally need them, they don't show up. With that being said, I think, you know, the Clippers are deep. 
we saw we saw with Terrence Mann, he making that jump. He played well when he gets the minutes getting in Rondo. Ibaka, he's back. He looked good the last two, three games. They was getting him ready. Zubak has been great for that defense. I think Nicholas Batum has been good. That Morris, Kawhi, Paul George, wing tandem is incredible. And I think this team is really geared up for a rematch of the Dallas Mavericks. They can throw multiple defenders at Luka Doncic. They can throw PG, Kawhi, Morris, Pat Bev. You know, they can do whatever they want. They can switch everything on defense, so that's going to be perfect for them. If Ibaka's out there, they can really switch everything, so that's going to be great for them. I think Luka's going to run a lot of high pick and rolls in the team and just find his players, but I think this team is just too loaded. I mean, last year we saw in the bubble Kawhi and Luka have dominant playoff series, and, you know, Kawhi took him out. This year is going to be a little different. I think they're going to have a little bit more help. You know, I don't think any – Lou Will didn't show up. Montrez Harrell didn't really play well. I think this year is just going to be – George didn't show up Paul George didn't show up, so I think this – I see what you tried to do. Hey, listen, I, didn't I think say this is. Up I think this is just going to be a little better this year. You know, with Tyron Lue, they trust in Tyron Lue. I don't think they trust in Doc Rivers last year. I think this year they trust in Tyron Lue. It's interesting. They though. trust in Chauncey Billups. They trust in Lawrence Frank. I think they trust in the whole staff. And I think Tyron Lue trusts his guys back. So I think it's going to be a different five this year. Four or five. It's going to be a great matchup, but I got Clippers at six. I don't know how much that was on Doc Rivers last year, given the fact that he went to Philly and automatically made them a first seed. What was adjustments when he played Denver? Mm-hmm. Really, like, really bad adjustments. Okay. Like, he didn't make adjustments. As, as well as the players not living up to expectations. Oh, of course. In yeah. terms of the coaching, though, he was horrible. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I do have the Clippers winning in 6-2. But last year, what the key was for the for the Mavericks was KP playing as at high of a level as he was before he got hurt, which ended up being the... The big turn in the series where the Clippers automatically, you know, they ended up taking care of Dallas relatively easy because all you had to do was just put two, three people on Luka every time. But now you get KP who's coming back from injury. You know, he's been playing relatively well. I think he averaged 20 this season. I, I like where they're at. I mean, Christos Porzingis to me is is the key player. I know Luka has to be the best player for the Mavericks, but Christos Porzingis brings something to the table that the Clippers have difficulty with. Uh, playing defense against. I mean, you mentioned Zubak. You mentioned uh, Abaka. But KP is so versatile with scoring the, the basketball that he can he can shoot the three very, very well. And, and he can kill you down low. I mean, Kristaps, if, if he can get hot and he can find a way to manipulate the game enough to make the Clippers uncomfortable, I can see this being a, a difficult series for the Clippers. But even still, I feel like the Clippers are going to come out on top. Like you mentioned, they have too much firepower. They're definitely revamped in the in the sense that they're they're more right now. They are built for their strengths right now, as opposed to last year where it was too much of a, a it was a hot mess yeah. to to save a few words. But you bring in Rondo, who who brings in a, a great mentality, uh, a guy who can take the ball out of Kawhi's hands, Paul George's hands, feed them in motion, get, get them their shots, run the be a, be the floor general that they really needed last year. So I feel like the Clippers, like you said, they're going to handle business. But I think Dallas makes it more of a series. Dallas has some good wing defenders, but we saw last year in the playoffs where they had Maxi Kleobal and Kawhi. And that that was just the dominating matchup. Kawhi dominated him. I think Rick Carlisle has to put Dorian Finney-Smith on Kawhi. I think that's your best hope. I think he's their best perimeter defender. They're hoping Josh Richardson can be that too for them. But the problem with Josh Richardson is that when you put him in the game, you really don't know what you're going to get with his three-point shooting and his spacing mm-hmm. because he's very consistent. 
But I could see Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Richardson matching up on both Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, even then, I still have Kawhi and Paul George dominating that matchup. Maybe not Paul George because he does tend to disappear, you know, like Houdini. But uh, <laughs> Kawhi, I think he will dominate. We all know that in the playoffs, he puts it on to another level. So, you know, obviously I have the Clippers in six. It could be five because I think this Mavericks team is worse than it was last year. Losing Seth Curry was a very underrated loss. They didn't take into account how big of a piece he really was. And now you look at Philly and his spacing has been a big key reason as to why they are the first seed right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Next series in the Western Conference, I think this is my favorite series. The Nuggets, third seed versus the Portland Trailblazers. They are the sixth seed. The Nuggets are 2-1 and one against the Blazers in the regular season. This is a rematch of the 2019 Western Conference semis where Portland won in seven games. C.J. McCollum, McCollum had a dominant yep. performance, and he was just knocking down shots left and right on Torrey Craig late in that game. And Portland Trailblazers will upset Denver Nuggets. Oh, they, I thought I was the only one that was going to say they, that. They, the, the Trailblazers will beat the Denver Nuggets and. If you look at the stats, the regular season stats, oh, Portland is the 29th ranked. Uh, they have the 29th uh, defensive rating in the NBA. But in the last 28 games, they have had a top 15 defense and one of the best ranked offenses in the NBA. You look at the backcourt, Dame and CJ versus who? Monte Morris and Will Barton? No, 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 no. Or Facundo Facundo Campazzo. But if, if Morris, <laughs> I don't know if Morris is going to be healthy or not. Yeah. But if he if he's not healthy and it's Composo and Barton, I mean, oh my talk about a mismatch. Oh, Barton isn't healthy either. Talk about a mismatch you when you talk Porter about the back. Pick up one of them. <laughs> good luck. Try. Yeah. He'll try. I mean, but like, what other option are they going to have? PJ Dozier, Austin Rivers. Yeah, plays good defense. Yeah. Maybe Aaron Gordon can switch on to them and gonna play. Have to. That would be it, something. It, it'll depend. But you know, for me, I think just when you talk about the the backcourt, I mean, it's such a it's a, it favors Portland so much. Yep. Then you talk about the front court. Obviously, Jokic is the best player. He's the best player in the series, I think. But also, you got Yusuf Nurkic back. And Yusuf Nurkic always had a chip on his shoulder when he faces Jokic because Denver kept Jokic instead of Nurkic. Nurkic was traded to Portland because they wanted to, you know, really give Jokic the keys. So he has a chip on his shoulder. He's been playing better and his cancer off the bench. But I also think Michael Porter Jr., he is the second best player on Denver. But Portland has Robert Covington and Derrick Jones Jr., who both can guard Michael Porter Jr. and take turns and minimize his impact somewhat. We'll see how he performs. But outside of Jokic and Porter Jr., I mean, who else are you relying on Denver? Aaron Gordon is not going to give you more than 15 points per game. I mean, that's that's he's been averaging 10 points per game on Denver this season. Paul Millsap is old. He's not the same player he once was. And I just think the Blazers just have way too much Guys, I mean, Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, Covington, Nurkic. You have Mello. You have Mello. That's true. Also, they have six players averaging double figures on the year. I think it's going to be a close series, though. I have the Blazers in seven. I think it's a seven-game series because Jokic is going to be that great. And Porter Jr., I think he's going to have some breakout performances. But I think the Blazers will beat the Denver Nuggets. You know, we're about to see... The MVP losing the first round. It, it sucks. It, it really does suck. But it, it, I just you look at Portland, and you see. I, listen, this is a first round matchup, and I think 
walking in, Dame's going to be the best player on the court. You know, I think first-round series, he lives for this moment. You know, coming off last year where he, he did his thing. You know, they, they did lose, but he did his thing for the most part. And we've seen over the past two, three years, Dame completely dominate in the first round. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be a buzzer beater or outperforming another point guard, he's shown he's done his thing. And with no Jamal Murray to counter him, I think he's going to just live for that matchup with Monte Morris and Fukuno Campazzo. CJ McCollum, I think he's going to have a field day. Norman Powell, he can get it going. He can get hot. Melo, he can get it going. He can get hot. You know, this is a team that has a lot of scoring, and I just don't think Denver is healthy enough, you know, to really keep up. I think Joker's going to keep him in the series, and it sucks that Denver isn't healthy, but what we're looking at right now, I think this is Portland's perfect opportunity to definitely steal this series. You know, I think... They're the undersea, but I think right now they're the better team with all the injuries to Denver. So I would take Portland in six. I can see five games. I think wow. the Joker is going to be dominant, but Nurkic is no scrub, you know? like He he can put up a calm 15 and 10, 16 and 10. He can do that. And I think with that counter with Dame and CJ in the backcourt, Robert Covington, Melo, Anthony Simmons, you know, Norman Powell, I think this team has so much offense. I just don't think Denver is healthy enough to combat with Portland's offense. So I got Portland in six. So I have a question for both of you. If Jamal Murray was healthy, would it completely change your output on the series? Denver wins. Easily? Not easily. Okay. I would say Denver in seven. Okay. Listen, since Jamal's gone out, Denver's been playing, I wouldn't say significantly better. They've been playing playing better. I mean, they went from the fifth seed to the three seed. Granted, Lakers uh, had a bunch of injuries. Clippers, uh, Clippers decided to yeah, tank. Th- that was uh, we were going to talk. Well, we already spoke about it, but that was sad. Uh, How do you and, tank and you're in the playoffs? Because they're scared. Tanking means of, to tank for the boys. a lot. Of, nobody's scared of you guys. You just no barely one's beat scared the of Warriors. us. Then why why did the Nuggets lose on purpose? It's called it's called. And why did the Blazers? Why would you why would you go play seven games in the first? Like why would you put in all your chips to play you guys in the first round and put all that energy in and then have to now dog out second Listen, when we could just wait? You know. Play 75, 80%, beat these teams, mm-hmm. and then be reloaded to play you guys okay. when it matters the most. Yeah, you just explained exactly what it means to be scared of someone Somebody's, in a nice it's way. It's called being smarter. Okay, so scared. You should be lucky because AD looks terrible. That's what you, you should be lucky You know what's funny, at. too? He looked terrible last night and still dropped 25. Oh, my God. And we still won. 25 points. It's incredible. Yeah, that is pretty incredible, okay. especially when he's got to play defense. On who? With Draymond? That, uh, Draymond, ha- yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> oh, yeah, come that's on. You got a good point. But we're talking against the Suns. He's going to have to play against Aiden. We're about to see if we'll it was Aiden. We'll get of. to that. We'll get That's to that. That's a fact. Either way, uh, I got I got the Nuggets winning. Actually, you guys gave me some good good points, and I a lot of it makes sense. But the fact that the Nuggets have been playing so well, even after you lose one of your key pieces on offense, your second best player in Jamal Murray, I just feel like they're just going to keep it going into the playoffs. I know that Dame has had unbelievable moments in the past. Uh, Damian Lillard easily could be the best player in this series. I just feel like Joker has had such a great handle of the game. Every game that he plays, his his player efficiency ratings number one in the in the NBA for a reason. He just knows how to make the smart uh, the smart play, both defensively and offensively. Obviously, he could be a, a little bit better defensively, but even still, he's very smart on both aspects of the, of the court. I I just feel like he's going to be the key for. For Denver to obviously win, I feel like Aaron Gordon is going to have a big part in this series too. You were saying how you really can't rely on him offensively, but you know when you have a guy like Michael Porter Jr. who has exploded since Jamal Murray going down, 
you you need you need Michael Porter Jr. to be that guy where he drops like what we had on the last show. You were talking like you need you can see him dropping twenty five points in a series. He could do that this series. Who's going to guard Michael Porter Jr. this series? I don't know you anyone. Could. I mean. You have someone like Jokic who easily could average 30 points this series. You were saying how Nurkic is going to play with a chip on his shoulder. Jokic knows that too. Jokic isn't stupid. He played against AD last season uh, Last season in the, the bubble. He knew what he had to do against uh, Anthony Davis. I mean, we, we, we smoked them, unfortunately, but he still played very well in, in that series. So I feel like the, against the Blazers, I feel like Joker is going to give them the upper hand here. So that's why I lean Nuggets. But you guys made some really good points. I you have Dame, you have CJ, who obviously, when it comes to backcourt, it's night and day when you compare him to the Nuggets, especially right now without Jamal Murray. But I feel like the Nuggets have just been playing such good basketball that they're going to keep that going. I mean, I can see where you're coming from. Um, but, I, you know, Michael Porter Jr. against Robert Covington, he will dominate that matchup because Covington is a really good off-ball defender and help defender, but his on-ball defense is... Not good. Mm-hmm. It's not good. But Derrick Jones Jr. on ball defense is very good. Mm-hmm. So if he's matched up against Michael Porter Jr., I think that's going to be the primary matchup. They're going to put Derrick Jones Jr. on uh, Michael Porter Jr., and I think he can really neutralize him. Mm-hmm. You know, can I, can I see MPJ really ascending and showing flashes of being uh, a superstar in this series? I definitely can. But I think when you look at Joker, Joker and MPJ, Dame and CJ will cancel out them, just them two. Okay. Then we look at the rest of the guys, Barton, Covington, Nurk is Derrick Jones Jr., and his Cantor, Norman Powell. Who else is going to step up on Denver that you trust? You know, I like Will Barton, but he ha- he is hurt right now. Mm. I like Monte Morris. We're not sure what his status is. I'm guessing he's going to play, though. But those aren't guys that are going to match up with the Blazers' depth. I just don't think it. I don't happen. even. I don't even think we could fully 100 percent trust MPJ to put next to CJ McCollum. You know, we've seen CJ McCollum in big moments in big time games. He's dominated in the playoffs. MPJ, we're still in the air. You know, last year he played well, but he was kind of like a third, fourth option. You know, this year stepping into that second star role in the playoffs, having to match CJ's energy. You know, I don't know for. 100% can say that's going to work. You know, I think he, I also think he has the matchup advantage being 6'10, Robert Covington being 6'7. You know, he can shoot over the top. He doesn't need to dribble the ball to get his shot up. He can come off screens, do all, he can go to the basket. So I think he has the advantage, but it's not a full going, Clark, uh, full glow, full uh, um, conclusion. Yeah, Got thank you, bro. you. Thank you. I appreciate you. you that, that's going to absolutely happen. You know, we still have to wait and see. I think. Norman Powell, we've seen him do it last year in the bubble, so we can expect that he's going to come in. He's going to put up his 14, 15, maybe 16 points. You know, he's going to have a good series. Damon CJ, we know going to be there. Joker, we know going to be there. Monte Morris, you know, this is a new role. We don't know what – we really don't ex- know, know what we're going to see. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen him in his role be comfortable as one of the best backup point guards in the league, but now stepping in, I would start him if he's healthy. You know, what what are we going to see as a starting point guard against matchup with Dame? Will Barton, we know how he gets. He's streaky. Sometimes he he can just get it going. But it's going to be tough for this team. You know, this team is going to have to build up a lot of heart, a lot of perseverance to get this win out and gut this one out because this is a tough team. This is not a regular six-seeded team. You know, this is a really strong Portland offense that can really get it going, and they have a superstar in Dame. So it's going to be tough to see. But I, I, I just... 
it's hard to trust Denver with all the injuries and the banged up. Like, I trust Mike Malone. I trust the Joker. But the mother guys stepping into that new role, mm-hmm. I don't know how we're going to see. So I, I got to rock with Portland and their experience. All right. Next series, Phoenix Suns versus the Los yeah, Angeles let's, let's Lakers. Yeah. Let's go. The Lakers will win in five. Listen, Phoenix Suns fans, you had a nice season. Congrats. Second seed. That was awesome. But it all ends soon. This season ends soon. And the Suns' biggest mistake was not drafting Tyrese Halliburton. And I know it's super off topic because we're talking about the playoffs, but when you're talking about the Phoenix Suns, who have an older point guard in CP3, who will be on a one-year deal next season, he's going to accept that option. It's $44 million. No way he doesn't accept it. Mm -hmm. He will be on the team, but... How much longer do you have, can you rely on CP3 to hold down that point guard position? I think two to three seasons max. And who's going to step in, step in, that, in that role? I don't see Campaign do it and, or doing it, and I don't see Javon Carter. Mm. That's where they miss. And Jalen Smith right now has really been a non-factor. We'll see if he develops. But let's talk about the playoffs now. <laughs> It'll be the Lakers in five. I mean, LeBron obviously is the best player in that series by far. Yep. Um, Anthony Davis is the second best player in that series also. Devin Booker has yet to showcase what he can do. I think he'll be fine, though, even though KCP will be guarding him. That won't be an easy matchup for him because no. KCP is a very good defender. And then you you got Dennis Schroeder guarding CP3. Alex Russo might get some minutes here and there and guard him as well. But LeBron James will not lose in the first round. It's not possible. It's just not going to happen. You know, Jordan has lost in the first round before, but LeBron doesn't. He gets to the finals. You sure you want to go down that route? Maybe loses in the finals, but LeBron doesn't lose in the first round. Speaking facts. He loses when it matters. The thing that the Suns Suns have looking forward for them and that I would be excited about if I'm a Suns fan is that they do have some good wing defenders. Jay Crowder, (laughs) Torrey Craig, Mikel Bridges, all capable wing defenders that – will all have to do their part in trying to stop and guard LeBron. But all in all, I think Mikael Bridges, he's too skinny for LeBron. LeBron's way too muscular. Torrey Craig, I think, would be the best matchup there, putting Torrey Craig on him. And even him, I mean, it's LeBron James. You know, and then you talk about the depth. I mean, on the Suns, their their bench is Dario Saric, Campaign, Cameron Johnson. That's good. Montrez Harrell is going to play this series For sure. because it just, you know, the Suns play big. They don't really play small like that. So Harrell is going to have a pretty good series this series. Wesley Matthews, let's see if he has a role in this series yesterday against the Warriors. He was phenomenal. Alex well. Caruso is going to do his thing. I think he'll he'll probably guard the hell out of campaign. You know, I, I can Chris I can, Ball. Yeah, I was going to say see. he's going to be on Chris Paul and Devin Booker, too. So the late and Kuzma off the bench as well. Kuzma's going to bring in that scoring. I just think you look at the starting lineup, it favors the Lakers. You look at the bench, it favors the Lakers. Last year, we were talking about the Lakers being, you know, not having chemistry going into the playoffs, and people picked Portland to be a sleeper team to beat them. This year, same same narrative is floating around, but the reality is is that when it's playoff time, they LeBron's teams always flip a switch, yep. and a flip and a switch will be flipped. And I see the Lakers in five and no more than five. You know, <laughs> shout out to Phoenix. <laughs> shout out to Phoenix. They had a great season. You know, shout out to Monty Williams for winning coach of the year. I don't really think you deserve it, but nonetheless, great award. You know, shout out to Devin Booker. 
for a great season. Shout out to Chris Paul for getting your little MVP nominations. I, I, this reminds me of the childhood days when, you know, Chris Paul, LeBron James, first time they seen each other. Wow. I wish we would have got to see LeBron and D-Wade back when it's Cleveland and Miami. That would have been spectacular. Been yeah. With that being said, I have Lakers in seven. You know, I think the Lakers. Seven games. I think the Lakers are no, but I think if you don't pick the Lakers to win, you must be a guru and know the future. I I think the Lakers are the better team. I think they have the best two guys on the floor when healthy. With that being said, what I saw last night, LeBron still isn't healthy. You know, I saw him still, that ankle still is bothering him. He doesn't have that same bounce. He's kind of moving a little slow. Anthony Davis, you know, he's still Getting in under him, you know, Draymond Green was playing phenomenal defense, but he still looks a little slow, still looks a little, you know, he's not there yet. Phoenix, I don't think Phoenix has anybody with Draymond's caliber to guard Anthony Davis. I think this is an Anthony Davis series. I think he has to be the best player on the court. He has to dominate them. I think with LeBron, you know, with that ankle injury still bothering him, they're going to be able to slow him down a little bit. The thing with LeBron is, though, He's so dominant that he doesn't need to score 25, 30 points to be effective. It could be a calm 20, 10, and 15, and he'll still be the best player on the court. That's why I say this has to be an Anthony Davis series. He has to put up 25, 30 with 12, 13. Like he, they're going to need him to play the five this this series. He's going to have to be dominant. Because with Phoenix, you know, they're going to run that 2-3 wing tandem and have D.A. at the five. D.A., and I think Andre Drummond, this is a good series for him to play with D.A. out there. You know, he can guard D.A. and put the little – be physical with D.A., so this is going to be good for him to get some in. But with Phoenix's wings, like you said, Mikael Bridges, he's still skinny. I like to see Jay Crowder. You know, he's mad strong, so I like to see Jay Crowder on LeBron. I like to see Torrey Craig on LeBron. Cam Johnson's going to get some run on LeBron, but this team is very young and inexperienced. But I think Chris Paul, you know, he's going to be the difference maker. And I think Devin Booker, you know, that backcourt, I think, is really above and beyond the Lakers' backcourt. You know, with LeBron being at the three, I think Chris Paul and Devin Booker are way better than Dennis Shorter. And whoever they plug, Contavious Caldwell Pope, I think they're better. So I think Devin Booker is going to be able to, you know, isolate and get that and win that matchup. But I think with the Lakers still figuring out, you know, even last night you saw offensively, they didn't look well. So I think still them figuring it out, them still being a little banged up, I think it's going to be a dugout, dragout dogfight. So I got Lakers in seven. So I have Lakers in six. So before I go into my boys, I'll talk about the Suns because we all know, like, I'm I'm, I'm going to talk about the, the Lakers in depth. So I'll Just sh- tilt, tilt your head for a second and look at the camera and show your hat on. That's a clean hat. Anyways, uh, anyways, Suns are not the matchup I would have loved, truthfully. I would have liked to, to get into that six seed. I would have liked to play the Nuggets instead. Suns are a scary team. They have a lot of depth. We talked about Chris Paul. We talked about... Uh, Devin Booker, we talked about DeAndre Ayton. That's a really firm three. How it, how it matches up against the Lakers' big three, I, big four. I, I'll throw in Schroeder in there, too, because Schroeder is definitely our, our third best player. But Drummond's going to have to be huge this series for us if we want do- to to win in six. And I feel like he will be a big part because we saw last night Drummond really did not play a lot down the stretch. We needed to to have a small ball line to 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 compete with the Warriors, and it ended up working out. Uh, but as it translates to the, to the Sun series, Drummond's going to have to be a lot bigger than he was last night because when you have Aiton, who's probably going to be playing defense on Anthony Davis, Drummond's going to get looks. And LeBron running that pick and roll with, with Drummond's going to be enormous for us in that series, especially if LeBron's ankle is going to be acting up. 
That being said, last night you mentioned the, uh, a, a switch being flipped. I saw that on on a steal that LeBron got on a, on a transition where he went opposite hand, uh, opposite side of the rim, and finished with his right hand. That basket was the 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 switch being flipped. He's he is one of the few players that is able to do that. Where out of nowhere he could be having a horrible game, and he had a, he had a horrible first half last night. But then out of nowhere, he realized, I'm LeBron James. I got to start being more assertive. I got to start scoring the basketball because my team needs me to be this this all-time guy that everyone knows that I am in order for us to be successful. And and it, and it started defensively. LeBron Le, Once LeBron really talked to the guys, he said, listen, we got to bear down. We got to start getting turnovers. Second half, Golden State had 17 turnovers. Uh, I think they had, a, a, I think it was either 11, 11 or 15 points in that third quarter. We just started clamping up. We really started to to become disciplined on the defensive side of the ball because when that switch is flipped, we're the best defensive team in the league by far. As good as the Knicks are, when we're healthy, we're easily the best defensive team in the league because we have the personnel. Uh, and when you're going against the Suns, who who DeAndre Ayton has definitely taken a huge step this year, especially with Chris Paul helping him out there, AD is significantly better than Ayton in all aspects of the game. He's a better shooter. He's a better back-to-the-ball uh, uh, basketball player than Ayton is. He's a better defender than Ayton is. So right then and there, AD, like you like you mentioned, AD has to be the best player or, or the, is the key player to us winning this series. LeBron's going to be LeBron. That's obvious. We know LeBron's going to average at least 25-7-7. and That's just him. But then you have Anthony Davis, who... Last night we saw in the first half him go ghost and still end up with 25. That's that's Anthony Davis. So we're going to need AD to be AD, but most importantly, Drummond is going to have to to take a huge step because what I've seen from Drummond this this season as a Laker so far has not impressed me. And but it's playoff time and we and we need a guy like Drummond to be huge, especially in a series against a really good Suns team. So I do have the Lakers in 6, but it's going to be a dogfight. Last year Anthony Davis was the second best player in the world. No doubt. In the playoffs. No There's doubt. no doubt about it. He was the second best. I don't know why you're looking at that. Dan- Davis was the second best player. Jimmy Butler was better. In the world. No, he was not. If Anthony he was Davis. better, he would have won. Nah. If he was better, he would have won. No, because AD was better than everybody else. And LeBron, too. Oh, yeah, it's LeBron. That's what I'm saying. So, how- so that's the thing. Um, but you mentioned it. You said it all. You know, I think the Suns are still a very young team. I'm not sure how Booker will play. I'm still assuming he's going to play great because it's Devin Booker. Yep. But they're still a very young team, and the Lakers have too much experience, and they're just an all-around better team. So I have the Lakers in five. Like I mentioned, you said it before, guard play favors Phoenix. But we said the same thing last year with Portland, with Houston. Said the same thing. Guard play is you know going to favor them, but we know this league is about wings, having dominant wings. The Suns don't have a dominant wing. And one thing that's going to hurt. Them. One thing I'll add to that too is Schroeder and, and Caruso and KCP do not get not nearly enough credit because they're on a team with LeBron and Anthony Davis. This guy Dennis Schroeder has been unbelievable all season long. It's a shame that he had to be out with COVID because his conditioning right now is not the best. But when he is a hundred percent, this man's balls to the wall every single game he plays. His defense is locked down, especially balls against- to the wall. That's wrong. You no, never that's heard cool. That? No, yeah, no, that's him. <laughs> and Caruso's the same way. Caruso last night was what huge for oh, us in our oh, game okay. last night. He did you guys see that play where he, he he it was him and LeBron on a transition. Oh yeah, I remember. And he was gonna oop, it like it looked like he was gonna oop it to LeBron. He ooped it to himself. Caruso is 
so underrated in that aspect of the game where they he, play their roles. They they're amazing at their roles, and that's what makes the Lakers so dominant and so efficient. God, yeah, they play their roles fantastic. You know, you say Sun, you say Lakers in seven. Yeah, you say Lakers in six. I say Lakers in six because of, of how we we need more time together as a squad. If it was last year's team, or if it was last year, and we had been a hundred percent healthy, with I said Lakers in four. Exactly, a hundred percent. I agree, but. Against the Warriors team that I thought we were going to come out guns blazing and put them away easy. It wasn't the case. We ended up coming out cold. LeBron, I just, go ahead. I just think, like, you know, we say Mikel Bridges is skinny, but, you know, so is Andrew Wiggins. And he put a lot of pressure on LeBron last night. We saw it. You know, he gave LeBron a lot, a lot of trouble, you know. In the first half, agreed. Yeah, even when LeBron, you know, posting him up, he was shying wave, taking fadeaways. Like, I think, I think that, to this point, Wiggins is better than Mikel, though, as a defender. Yeah, but I don't think it's far off. You know, I think Mike Mikel Bridges can you know make it difficult just because of LeBron's ankle and, injury. And let's be honest, uh, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. The, you mentioned Jay Crowder being a really good defender. Mikel Bridges, that's barbecue chicken for LeBron. Oh, well. it really is. <laughs> I, I, no disrespect. It's LeBron has made a lot better defenders look bad. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, he played against Kawhi. He's played against. Uh, what did he do against Kawhi? I mean, he he beat him in 2014. Did you actually do you actually know the numbers when Kawhi was guarding him though? All right, let's hear it. Enlighten me. Not, uh, I don't, he, still no, averaged, he still averaged twenty eight that series. Oh, uh, come on, bro. He still averaged twenty eight. Shooting like thirty five percent on Kawhi. Okay, it's bad. Thirty five percent. It's terrible. LeBron would cook Kawhi. Let's not. Even yeah, get come into on, that. dude. Kawhi and Sin into you guys got to stop. Guys got to stop. Let's not get into that. Ron gets Ron frustrated when Kawhi comes. Either through. way, either way. Andre Iguodala is another name. That's who I was thinking of. That yeah, was you can talk about him. Yeah, like the fact that they made him finals MVP when LeBron averaged 38. It's just they're looking for for something there. Regardless, those are better defenders that I've seen play on LeBron than Mikel Bridges and Jay Crowder. So I'm not, and that's what I mean by that. I'm not worried about those guys. Who do you think they're going to put on AD? Aiden. You have to put Aiden on him. The who's on Drummond. Exactly. That's the mismatch. I don't think AD. I think Crowder is probably going to go on AD. Yeah, I think and it's then that's barbecue be, chicken too. It's going to be if AD is aggressive. Craig. See, that's that's the thing too. I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, bro, but last night watching AD try to take so many jumpers, yeah. it was blowing mine beyond belief. Because all he really has to do is back these guys down, spin, score the basketball. He if he does that every single time, he he'd be a, like a 75 field goal percent shooter. I'm exaggerating, obviously, but he he wants to be a power forward too bad sometimes. And I get what you're saying. You you go to the extreme saying that Anthony Davis is bad. That's, Anthony that's strong. <laughs> that's rude. I think Torrey Craig and Jay Crowder will be the matchup, and Mikel will be on LeBron. So that's then, what I'm predicting. Yeah. And if that's the matchup, then I'm confident. Yeah, she's aggressive. So you know. we all we all have the Lakers winning. Anthony you Disney. you're saying in seven. You're a little bit too high on the Suns for me. Lakers will beat them in five. We we run this video back when it happens. All right, let's. I mean, it. we all agree the Lakers are gonna win. Lakers are winning the whole then, thing. In the Eastern Conference, the oh Philadelphia 76ers versus the Washington Wizards or the Indiana Pacers. I mean, for me, regardless <laughs> of who's going to play the Sixers, this is the Sixers in four. Yep. It's going to be a sweep, no doubt about it. If they face the Wizards, Russell Westbrook is going to be horrible in the first <laughs> round like he is all the time. Bradley Beal is dealing with an injury, and after that, they don't have anybody who's going to step up. Yep. And the Pacers, without Levert, He's probably going to miss some of the series at least. No Miles Turner. And even if they do have Miles Turner, Embiid absolutely destroys him. Yeah. So really, none of these teams will put up a fight against Philly. Philly will beat them in four, no doubt about it, in my opinion. 
Shout out to uh, Miles Turner. I think he should be on the all defensive team. I think they. Uh, I think he should definitely get the nod for that. He's been great. Um, this Pacers team has been unhealthy all year, but they fought through the adversity. They got here. Shout out to them if they win. Shout out to Washington because they were pretty garbage early in the year. They fought the adversity. They got in. Shout out to Bradley Bill. You know he had an impressive season for Shout himself. Out to Russell Westbrook. I, I was yeah getting there. Yeah, you didn't. No, Russell, no, no. I'd say Russell before Bradley. No, I'm, I'm going. You know, save the best for last. I re- all right. Shout out to Westbrook. You know, doing his thing, breaking the triple double record. With all that being said. I got Philly in five. I'm gonna give either team a blessing, give them a you know a gentleman sweep. I think Philly a you know slip up one game and lose, but five or four it really doesn't matter. I think they, they walk away with this series pretty easily, pretty handily. I think either team is a mismatch on both ends. I think Philly can dominate both teams regardless of who comes out of this. I think Washington, as far as they got and as much adversity as they fought, I don't think they're strong enough to see Washington uh, to see Philly in a series. I think Embiid has just been too dominant. Ben Simmons is going to be there. He can guard Westbrook pretty easily. I think they have the shooters. Tobias Harris has been good. So I think they'll be good for that. Indiana, they're just so banged up. I think Sabonis, you know, we love, you know, we we praise Sabonis a lot, but I think his stats are kind of a little bit misleading in the sense he doesn't, they don't necessarily translate to wins. Miles Turner is going to be there, but like you said, Embiid cooks him every time. Brogdon is there, but I think Ben Simmons is, that's another person Ben Simmons can pretty much handle easily. So I think this team just I think Philly this this is the easiest matchup in the playoffs for me for in east or west I think Philly gets out of this pretty easily I feel like the general consensus right now is that people feel like the Sixers are pretenders for for some reason even though they have all this depth on the squad people don't mention Tobias Harris like you didn't even mention Tobias Harris in that whole list. I did, did well maybe you didn't maybe I just it just slipped you didn't my mention mind. Seth Curry or Danny Green yeah. and these this squad has just been so consistent all year round. I feel like this, this is a statement series that they have to win in four for them to put the league on notice. Like, listen, these guys are nothing to us. We're looking for the big picture. We're looking for the Knicks. We're looking for Milwaukee. We're looking for the Nets. They need a win in four. They need to put this in their backseat and, and not even look look back at all. This needs to be a, a complete dominant uh showing on all aspects of the of the ball. They need to show why Ben Simmons should be defensive player of the year. They need to show why Joel Embiid is going to be the or should be the MVP of the league. And I feel like these two teams are going to be nothing but a cakewalk for the Sixers. So I look for them to win in four and I feel like they need they need this for people to start putting respect on them. Yeah, I mean, I agree and personally I think like like I mentioned, this is going to be a sweep. Um because neither the Wizards or the Pacers have enough firepower. Even if the Pacers were healthy, I wouldn't say that they would win a game. Maybe one gentleman sweep. But I think Philly, this team is different from last year's. No doubt. Coaching is different. The players, they have finally gotten players that fit around Ben Simmons and Embiid. And because of that, this team is different. Even their bench with Cork Maz and Shake Milton. Who can give you points off the bench, Steibel. I love his defense. Is he's one of the better permanent defenders solid. in the NBA. I mean, the, the Philly will win this series. He's easily. like what Robert Covington should have been. Like, uh-huh. His off ball defense is amazing. On ball is incredible. Like he's mad young. His his offense is going to develop also. And now on to the next series since we're done with that one. The New York Knicks uh. <laughs> versus the Atlanta Hawks. Woo. The Knicks are the fourth seed. The Atlanta Hawks are the fifth seed. The Knicks are 3-0 against the Atlanta Hawks this season. And the Knicks will beat the Atlanta Hawks in six games. It won't go to seven. Julius Randle, that man behind me, the GOAT, will not 
allow it to go to seven. Against the Atlanta Hawks this season, Julius Randle has averaged 37 points per game, 12 rebounds, and 6.7 assists per game, totally dominating and annihilating John Collins. And for me, I think, obviously, the Hawks have Trey Young, and Trey Young is that guy that is really the X factor for the Hawks, even though he's the best player, because the Knicks have struggled with guards, right? They don't have a dominant point guard. You got Alfred Payne, Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, but Rose is off the bench. I think Tibbs should sit Alfred Payne out for this series. That's just my opinion. I think Frank Nilakina should get more minutes because his defense will be really good on Trey Young. You know, Trey Young will still score and get his buckets, but it will be better. DeAndre Hunter is coming back, so that's a good sign. I'm not trying to, you know, bash the Hawks because they are 26-12 and 12 since Nate McMillan took over. But I think that they're a great offensive team that doesn't play any defense. The Knicks are a bad offensive team that play great defense. <laughs> yep. But I think in the playoffs when the game slows down and it favors teams that have great defenses, I think the Knicks half-court offense will be fine because Randall has shown that he can really light it up. Emmanuel quickly is a spark. Derrick Rose is going to get his points off the bench. One of the better six men in the NBA. Alec Burks makes a huge difference. He can flat out score the ball. Reggie Bullock has been a great spot up shooter. And then you look at RJ, the man Barrett, um, future superstar. He's going to, I mean, this series is going to be the series that RJ Barrett puts people on notice. He's going to have a similar effect to what Tyler Hero had last year with the Heat, where you're like, wow, who is this guy? This guy is really balling. That's what people are going to start saying with R.J. Barrett, putting some respect on his name, because R.J. has been getting so disrespected, getting left off of lists, not making the old rookie team, not making the top top players under 25 list. I mean, he has been getting massively disrespected, and this will be the series that he puts everybody on notice, and I can't wait. Nixon six. I love it. I love it. Uh, I, I think this is going to be the best series of the first round. Definitely. You know, I think everybody's been waiting for it. I think the Hawks wanted the Knicks. The Knicks wanted the Hawks. I think these two fan bases, before I got suspended on Twitter, I was watching these two <laughs> fan bases was beefing, going at it like they have real life beef. And it's funny. But, you know, I think the two young teams, you know, shout out to Nate McMillan, shout out to Tom Thibodeau, getting these two teams where they needed to be. Two young teams that needed some playoff experience. They're going to get that. You know, Julius Randle getting his team to the playoffs. Trey Young getting his team to the playoffs. I think those two guys are the consensus best players on the court. And then, like you said, you know, offense to defense. I think the Knicks have the better D. I think the Hawks have the better offensive players. You know, Danilo Gallinari, DeAndre Hunter is back. They have John Collins. They have Bogdanovich who can shoot that three ball. You know, so they got some guys out there that can put up some points. The Knicks, they kind of struggle with that. They have guys that play their role, but defensively, you know, they lock in. So it's like, you know, if I look at the tail of the tape, you know, the Knicks, they have the coach. You know, Tom Thibodeau, he's been the ECFs. He's won a championship as an assistant coach. He's been to the playoffs, eighth seed, first seed, fourth seed. He's won upsets. So, you know, he's won, you know, going back to those days with the Bulls when Joakim Noah was our best player, he's won series off just straight defense, you know, when we beat the Nets in seven on the road. He's been he's been through that, so he knows how to get it done. So I I me, I'm personally gonna go with the Hawks in seven. You know, I think this is gonna be a dog fight. I think this is gonna go back and forth. 
I don't think they have an answer for Julius Randle, but I think the Hawks have too much firepower in Trey Young, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari. I think Clint Capella has been huge for them. He's going to be huge for them in this series. I think Julius Randle is going to ball out, but I don't know if R.J. Barrett is going to show up. Emmanuel Cookley, they're going to need those young guys to really step up. I know D. Rose is going to pull up, but I don't know how those young guys are going to perform. Same can be said for both teams, but I just, I'm just i more comfortable in the guys in Atlanta because they are more offensively talented than the next guys. So I think I'm going to go Hawks in seven. So you think the Hawks will win a game seven in MSG? Yes. Okay. It's ridiculous. That's interesting. <laughs> I think the Hawks go in there and win in game seven. Because I have, I have opposite thinking. I feel like this is going to go seven for sure. I think but, it's going to go seven regardless. But I think it's going to go 2-2. Two, two. They're going to slip. They're going to okay. go 1-1-1. One, one, one. Do you think they're both going undefeated at home? I think so. I feel like that's going to that's how it's going to end up shaping out. But this series is going to be unbelievable, especially how you mentioned about how Atlanta is so strong offensively. They have four guys averaging over 15 points. If you want to count uh, DeAndre Hunter, that's, six, that's, that's five guys averaging over 15, even though he's missed a good amount of time this season. I feel... As if the Knicks get the edge because, like you said, their defense has been so stellar uh, throughout the entirety of the season. Uh, you get that home f- home court advantage, which is huge. Uh, the, what was it? The difference of .5 between seedings between these two teams. Um, you're going to need Randall to be the, the, the Randall that he's been all season long. Uh, R.J. Barrett's going to have to be where he's already – he's been – uh, unbelievable compared to last season to this season, averaging 17.6 points per game, six rebounds, four assists, which is very firm out of your number two. You need him to take it another notch up. You need him to average around 20 points, especially with a team that's this lethal at shooting. When you have Trey Young, you have John Collins, Bogdanovich, who has been lights out all season long. You have the interior presence with Clint Capella. So Julius Randle is going to have his hands full, even though I feel Ju- Julius is going to be fine. But this is this is where Julius can show us what he's made of. Is he New York's future? And listen, I I believe in him firmly. Uh, he he would be my number two candidate for MVP right now, given the fact that he's made the Knicks relevant once again. But I look for Julius to really break out. But like I said, RJ needs to to get a bump up in points if they want to handle Atlanta. It's not even just RJ. I think I think like RJ, Randall, Trey Young. John Collins, I think this is like this is it. This is the series that really defines what their franchise. The yeah, like because yep. this, you know, this is the first time Trey Young. I think Randall being the oldest, but he's still relatively young. He's like 25, 26. 26. Yep. Yeah, he's relatively like this. He's reaching that. All right, uh, is this our guy, Trey Young? First time being in the playoffs. R.J. Barrett, this first time being to play John Collins. So this is like really the series where, and it's great that we get to see him against each other. This is really the series where we get to see like. What do we have in our young guys? Are these the young guys we're going to rock on with? Or are these the young guys where we're like, oh, I don't know if we want to pay them. It's still, and this, I think this is big for Julius Randle because, you know, he's under contract next year one more time, right? And then he's a free agent. So this can boost him. You know, the Knicks, they've shown to be patient with their new owners. So this is something where they could look at, well, he had a great regular season. He, you know, wet the bed in the playoffs. Do we continue to pay this guy? Or he balls out and we're like, all right, this guy is legit. This guy is definitely our future. So I think this is big for both teams. You mentioned it. Tom Thibodeau is a winning coach. He has a winning mentality. Nate McMillan, shout out to him, did a phenomenal job, but he's been a first-round exit for the majority of his coaching years. He's had the unfortunate luck of having to go against LeBron a good 
good portion of those times. I guess so, but it, beat even but in Indiana, he should have twenty eighteen. He should have won. Beat in Indiana and even in Portland, it was basically a first round exit for him. Tom Thibodeau, I trust him getting out the first round with this team. This this Knicks team just feels different. And Nate McMillan actually just got fined twenty five thousand dollars. I just seen that, but I didn't know what it for was. For a uh, he said something about the Knicks. He said the league wants this. They need this. New York has been out of the playoffs for a number of years. This is the team that our league. They want to see. It's a huge fan base. And the NBA fined him for detrimental public comments asserting bias. He wasn't wrong. He did not cap at all. He didn't cap. Everybody wants to see the Knicks I, in the playoffs. I get why they find him. I do get Bro, why they a, find him. It's the biggest city in the world. But they just find him $25,000. But like I said, okay. you know, I'd have been tired. I, I can very okay. well see this series going to seven. Obviously, I think that's probably what everybody assumes it's going to be. You know, I don't want it to go to seven because I want to have that little bit of comfort yep. yeah. and, and, you know, close them out in six. But it would be nice to beat them in seven with our home crowd sure. at MSG. Uh, guys MSG buying, lit game you know, seven. fans buying tickets for a thousand dollars sitting at the 400 <laughs> level. That's ridiculous. you know, so that's, I, I want to see it. I want to see it. And I think the Knicks will pull this one off. Like you mentioned, we were waiting on this matchup. We did not want to face the Heat or the Bucks in the first round. Yeah, no way. This was the perfect matchup for us. Now we got to capitalize and move on to the second round. Next series, I think you mentioned the Hawks and Heat being the, the best, uh, the Hawks and Knicks being the best series, but I think it's this one. The Milwaukee Bucks versus the Miami Heat. They will be facing in the first round uh, in the playoffs. The Bucks are 2-1 and one against the Miami Heat this season, and... I actually love what the Bucks did. Instead of tanking and against the Heat late late in the season and letting the Heat beat them in that game, they said, no, to hell with that. We're going to dominate the Heat. We're going to make them fall down in the standings so we can face them in the first round. The opposite of what the Clippers did, who are running scared of LeBron James and the Denver Nuggets. Giannis and the Bucks. Giannis and the Bucks said, Nah, we want Miami. We want we want to beat them early because because that's that's like the bug on their shoulder right now that Miami beat them. They upset them. They're telling themselves this is a different team. I know that the Bucks have not had the regular season success this year that they have had in previous years, but this is their best team to date. I mean, Drew Holiday adding Bryn Forbes, PJ Tucker, who not only is a Kevin Durant stopper, but he's, he's going to be the Jimmy Butler stopper <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Bobby Portis and Jeff Teague, who plays some minutes, who can do some, some you know, damage <laughs> off the bench for like maybe eight He's a decent minutes. scorer, though. Yeah, he's, he's a okay. decent scorer. The Bucks have more spacing than ever before. And not only that, but Giannis is much more comfortable in his jump shot than ever before and is going to take those shots. Are there, are there games where he's going to go two for eight? Yes. Are there games where he's going to go four for eight? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on what Giannis they get. The Heat have also been playing well. They're eight and two in their last 10 games. They're finally healthy. Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Butler, Ariza has been a huge pickup. Adebayo, who may be the defensive player of the year. Drajic, Heroff, the bench, Iguodala. I mean, they got a lot of stuff going on. But I think the Bucks know this. I think the Bucks want their payback on the Heat. Mike Budenholzer's job is on the line this series because if they lose, he will be fired. Yep. And I think the Bucks are everybody on the team. They love Budenholzer. They know that man. This series is for him. You know, he's our coach. He's our guy. This is for him. But not only is it for him, this is for us because we need to prove that 
we can beat the Heat, who made the finals last year. I think that would be a huge boost to them. And I have the Bucks in seven. This will be a seven-game series, and the Bucks will win it. You know, Drew Holiday said it best. We have more talent than these guys, and I think they do. You know, I think Drew Holiday is above and beyond Eric Bledsoe. I think we can all agree that was a major upgrade. Giannis has looked – I know the stats look similar from last year, but if you watch him play, he's looked better. He's looked more confident. He's confident in that jump shot, regardless if it goes in or it doesn't. He's taking the jump shot, the mid-range. He's developed that, so that's incredible. Like you said, P.J. Tucker coming in, bringing in that defense is amazing for them. Now they can run five guys who play great to elite defense every night, which is incredible. You know, I'm not going to acknowledge that. Um, (laughs) Bryn Forbes, who is trigger happy but also can hit at a ridiculous clip when he gets hot. Bobby Portis has been good when he gets in. He's he's been a little banged up, but he's been good. Jeff Teague. legend. Yeah. Jeff Teague, I'm a little ah. Sometimes he's ah, I don't. He's good when he doesn't do dumb things. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's okay. Pat Connaughton's been good. DeVincenzo, he's really solid. So this team is deep. Brooke Lopez has been great for them down low as a rim protector. Played a every single game this year. Yeah. So this team is deep. Miami, you know, they have their guys. I think they're the same team as last year. They, you know, missing Jay Crowder and Derek Jones Jr. But I think they've had the same identity. They've and been Depot's the same, out too. Yeah, they've been the same type of guys. I think. Jimmy Butler, he's going to give it his all. Bam's going to be there. But I think when you watched, you know, in the bubble last year, this this Bucks team played amazing defense. I think they just couldn't score. You know, their guys couldn't hit shots. They just, offensively, they wasn't that thing. Defensively, they were the same team. And I think this year is going to be a little different. You know, Drew Holiday, he's hitting at a 39% clip. Mm-hmm. He can dribble the ball. He can play off ball. He can lock up on the defensive end consistently. You know, it's not one off, one on. He does it every night. He can score. Giannis is going to be there. I don't think they're going to be able to build that wall that they once built. Even if they do, they have the shooters out there where they can run. So I think this is going to be a five-game series. But I think every game is going to be intense, strong, close. But I think the Bucs are just going to come out with it in the end because I think, like you said, they got that chip on that shoulder. And Giannis has been better. You know, Drew Holiday has been better. Mm -hmm. This team is better. I think Middleton has to step it up. But we know... Regardless, his defense is going to be there. The offense has to kick in, but I think five games is going to be the series. Okay. Yeah, I think that Milwaukee has something to prove. I, I mean, you want to think about Giannis's legacy. He wins the MVP two seasons in a row, wins Defensive Player of the Year, first player since Michael Jordan to do that, win MVP. And Say that again? First player since Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. Just this had guy, to, man. Just had to throw that in there. Unbelievable. Either way, this man Giannis is a freak in nature. The Greek freak fitting. Um, I feel as if, though, his playoff woes have been a, a huge reason as to why he's not in those conversations with KD, LeBron, Kawhi, even though th- this season, these past few seasons, he's put up astronomical numbers and his defense is only a plus to that. This man is unbelievable at basketball. And this is the closest, I feel like the last time we had a player of this caliber under this much scrutiny, I guess you could say James Harden. But, I mean, young into their career, LeBron James. LeBron had the exact same uh, uh, critiques when he was younger that he couldn't get it done in the playoffs. Uh, Is he really built like that? How can you consider him to be the greatest of all time when he can't get it done in the playoffs? Obviously, we know what happened with LeBron. But Giannis has a squad around him now. You get him Drew Holiday, as you guys mentioned. Dante DiVincenzo, who's been pretty solid all year long. You get him another defensive anchor in P.J. Tucker, which is only going to help him and, and take some some stress off his his game. He can he can relax now more so than he has in the last few few years, especially 
going against teams where you look at the Raptors. He just didn't match up well. You knew you knew what to do against uh, Milwaukee that year. Trap trap Giannis. Don't let him get into the paint. Don't let him back us down and bully us. Same thing last year. Bam did an unbelievable job on Giannis. Back, don't don't let him get into the paint. Don't let him enforce his will. Giannis was hurt too. He ended up missing what games three and games four. Chris Middleton's going to have to be huge for them. Uh, Middleton has been pretty solid all year long, averaged 21 points uh, this season. But when you're going against a team like Miami, who has been consistent these last two years, you know, that definitely I wouldn't say that the same team as last year. I felt like they were better last year. I feel like Depot would have given them a huge push where I might lean Miami uh, this series. But right now, as constructed, Milwaukee is too deep. Milwaukee has too much motivation to win this series and too much on the line legacy wise for them to lose. I feel like Milwaukee in six, that's what's going to happen. And I think Giannis being called the guy who doesn't perform in the playoffs has been one of the more bad narratives that is coming out because Definitely. he is a good playoff performer. He's a victim of his circumstances and supporting cast. Because Eric Bledsoe, my God, stinks. He was, he's terrible. He was. They just gave him hundred mil. Awful. He's terrible. In, uh, I think that was a fake contract. Was it? That was a fake tweet. Thank God. He's he's terrible in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, really you know, bad. Eric Bledsoe was horrible. Chris Middleton has literally turned into Tony Snell in the playoffs. I mean, who? Joe Tony Snell, fifty fifty a hundred, I mean, first yeah, player he, ever. He did make history. Not knocking him on that. Maybe I should use another name. But <laughs> Chris Middleton has really not been who who we thought he yeah. was in the regular season. But look at this. In the regular season, Giannis' stats, 2019-2020, so last year, 29.5 points per game, 13.6 rebounds, 5.6 assists, one steal, one block, shooting 55% from the field and 30% from the three, and has a 31.9 PER. In the playoffs last year, he averaged 26.7 points per game, 13.8 rebounds, 5.7 assists, 0.7 steals, 0.9 blocks, 56% from the field goal, um, from the field goal, and thirty-two percent from the three-point range, and thirty-one point three per. So I mean, it's very similar to his regular season numbers, and it's been like that for the last couple of years. So the, the narrative that he's a, this playoff choker is just not true. He plays well, and I think he's improved on his game. And the team around him now allows him to play more freer because we have to take into account that these numbers in the playoffs are similar, and he's being double teamed heavily in the playoffs way more heavily than he is in the regular season. So Giannis, I expect him to have a really big series and I'm going to change my pick. The Bucks will win in six, not seven. They'll win in six and Giannis is going to be dominant. Yeah. I he think, has to. I think like you, you hit it on the head, you know, the narrative around Giannis is he hasn't been able to win it, get it done. You know, he's 26 years old. He's two time MVP defense player. He's been an all NBA first team. He's, Got everything that he needs to get except that illustrious trophy. I think if they, like you said, if they lose this first round, I think Giannis is shipped out. He's getting shipped out immediately. I think he's going to request a trade. I think Mike Budenholzer gets fired. And it's, it's no reason to run it back when you just lost in the first round to Miami. You know, this team, I think, is the second best team in the East. I think it's a top five team in the NBA. I think this team is the most equipped to beat the Nets. But if you can't even beat the Heat, you got to look at things differently and I, I you know my my bias I hope they do lose and I hope he does get traded because if he gets traded he's going right to play with Steph Curry so I hope you know I hope that's the the thought process but no nah, I, I do got uh Bucks and five I think they're gonna win and I think they're gonna be geared up to play them boys next round yep Nets versus Celtics is the next series 
The Nets are the second seed. The Celtics are the seventh. And I'll just say it, the Nets will win in four. The Celtics don't have Jalen Brown, so you already, you know, take out a wing defender. Marcus Smart is playing a little bit hobbled. Kemba Walker is inconsistent and can't match up with Kyrie. He's not cardiac. Kimble. Evan Fournier is basically Joe Harris. I, I mean, Fournier is basically Joe Harris. Durant is going to put Tatum in prison, I think. He's really, really? going to. Yeah, I think he's going to lock up Jason Tatum in this Better series. Before. I've seen it before. And. I think this series benefits Brooklyn because they don't, you know, they don't have to face a true center. Yep. I mean, the Boston Celtics have who? Robert Williams and Tristan and Thompson. Tristan you Thompson. You know, and even then they're like six eight, six nine. So Blake Griffin can do his job. He's been a fantastic defender for Brooklyn this season. So you can have Blake starting at the five, maybe Jeff Green or Claxton. Really don't have to go too crazy this series, but I mean I see them winning in four. They they're just a superior team. Boston has no chemistry. And I think we have to start being honest. Brad Stevens is a coach who has maximized mediocre talent, but when he has talent, has yet to do anything with it outside of make a Eastern Conference Finals. Um, he made it two years in a row. That's not, not in a row. It was just two. No, it was yeah. two years in a row. Twenty eighteen. And then remember they lost to the Bucks next round, or next year in the second round. You're right. They made it to the Eastern Conference last year. So yeah. two out of the last I think, three. I think the first year that they made the ECF with Tatum without Kyrie. Overachieving. I think it was a little bit Cinderella. It was a little bit lucky. A little bit Cinderella. They almost run. went to the I finals. Mean, yeah, I agree. I without th- Kyrie Irving. I think like I think he I don't think Brad Stevens should get fired. Now, I've been seeing a lot of that in the news. I don't think he yeah, should get fired. Not- I think I, I don't necessarily agree with Joel. I don't necessarily disagree though. I think he's maximize his players it's like this year with boston it's really been an effort thing and an inconsistency i think it does i don't think it has nothing to do with brad stevens and the way they've been playing at the same time though i do think like you know you could look back when Kyrie and gordon hayward were there and they blew it to the bucks in the second round you know this is the same team that just went to the ecf without you two guys and then you come in and kind of kill the culture and revoking us losing to the bucks then the year after, you know, in the bubble, they go to the ECF again. They fight hard against Miami and they inevitably lose. I think this team, I think this team has a real Kemba Walker problem. I think they realize who their two guys is, Brown and Tatum, and they have to trade around, uh, build around them. I think Marcus Smart and Kemba Walker have reached their pinnacle here in Boston. I think these are the two guys that need to, you know, they need to really start looking at it and seeing if they're really the future. With that being said, you know, I think Nets in four. I think the Nets can just run a one-on-one lineup all game. They don't really need to double-team anybody and just play their game. You know, offensively, they're going to dominate the Celtics. I really want to see – this is really – if I'm Boston, I just want to see how Tatum looks like mm-hmm. against a guy at his level, a guy at his, you know, at a his caliber. Like yeah. The Nets, yeah, not even the team, just the okay. one-on-one matchup with Kevin Durant. I okay. want to put Tatum out there just to see how he looks because this is going to be the guy he's going to see. A lot, so I, that's I just if I'm Boston, I'm viewing that okay. and seeing how Tatum's going to play. But other than that, I, if I'm Boston, I, I, the season's over. Mm. Season was over once we lost, once we beat the Washington Wizards. Season's wraps. Were, I got Nets in four. I don't see much out of this team. Danny Age should definitely start looking in the offseason for some trades, and maybe I one I I made up this. Um, it's not going to happen, but I was like trade Kemba and a bunch of picks and get the number one pick and then run a Cade. Brown Tatum lineup. That'd be crazy. Yeah, if you do that, then boom, boom, you back in it. But uh-huh. I got Nets in four. I don't see this is a series that's going to be like Philly, just going to be a waste. Now, is Harden 100% healthy? Does it really matter? That's what I'm wondering. Because if Harden's not, if if Harden's unhealthy, I think it's still 
probably Nets in five, probably the most. I think he's, he's probably ninety five percent healthy. I'm not sure about what hundred. I don't really know. His Do you body, think he'll play every game? I think he will. Play okay. Every game. So if he yeah. plays every game, I think it's a sweep also. But one thing I will say to the Celtics defense is that they have not had a consistent lineup at all all year long. You look at early in the season, Jason Tatum had COVID. Um, then you go and you, you bring in Fournier, so it kind of changes like the, the rotations on the court. Then Tatum comes back. He's not 100% himself. He's still dealing with some, some COVID-related issues. He uses an inhaler for the first time in his life. He's never used an inhaler before. Then you go and, and you know, where things seem to be clicking a little bit, then Jalen Brown goes and he he breaks his ankle, uh, his wrist. It's like nothing could go right for them. Robert Williams, who's been solid all year long, goes and now he's he's dealing with some injury issues. Kemba Walker, like you've said, has had a lot of problems in his short Celtics career. But last game against the Wizards, he was huge. You had Tatum drop fifty. Obviously, it's hard to lose a game when your play when your best player drops fifty. He had twenty nine points. Kemba had an amazing game, and it's not a surprise that when Kemba and Tatum are both on, the Celtics are winning. So Kemba's going to have to be a huge part of this series for the Celtics to even have a chance. I mean, even still, it's the Nets. You got James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, who could win a series like this in their sleep, especially all three of them together healthy. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Nets in four. Uh, if Harden's playing, if Harden happens to miss a game or two, or you know maybe they think that this is too easy. Maybe it goes five, but I can't see it going further than that. I mean, I believe that the Celtics are not are having bad luck right now because I still believe wholeheartedly that they are paying for doing Isaiah Thomas dirty. Yep. One of my favorite players, you know, karma is a B-I-T-C-H. I'm with and you. And I think that when they did Isaiah Thomas dirty, now it's coming back to bite them. You know, it, it's crazy how the Nets who basically traded their entire future for Paul Pierce and KG are now in a better position than Boston and about to sweep them in the first round when Boston had such a head start on them to get this ship in the right direction. But it's really been Danny Ainge not being aggressive enough, not going after AD, even though he said that he didn't want to go to Boston, not going after Kawhi, not going after Harden as much as they could have. You know, I would have traded Jalen Brown for James Harden. I wouldn't have tried, you know, I would have traded James There's not Brown. many players that you wouldn't trade for, for James Harden. Like, you trade Ben Simmons for Jam- for James Harden. It, it would hurt to trade Jalen Brown. I'm probably in the minority of people who think this. I think Jalen Brown's a better overall basketball player than Jason Tatum. Is Jason Tatum obviously a better scorer than, than Jalen Brown? Of course. But Jalen Brown can score the basketball, and he plays defense a 10 out of 10. So that's why it would hurt. To trade Jalen Brown for James Harden, but it's James Harden, top three player in the world. How do you, you got to do that trade? I mean, I know where you're coming from. I would still take Tatum. Understandable. I Understandable. think, you know, scoring is more important. But he still scores. This yeah, Jaylen but not Brown, like, I, I think that. See, I get it. I think that Brown scores. He's he's improved. But if he was the number one focal point, I don't think he can do what Tatum does. I see where you're going with it. And I, I, I'm under the, um, the, the knowledge that I don't think Tatum is that much better than Brown. I think Tatum is better. I, that's why I see where you're going. But I don't think like people make it seem like it's a big, gigantic gap. That's what I'm gap. saying. It's, like, I don't think it's, it's not a gap. I don't think it's a big gap. I think Tatum is the better offensive player. Jalen Brown's the better defensive player. It's just Jaden, Jason Tatum's offense is a little bit more advanced in Browns and he can also play defense for sure I so will put him over the top Tatum can get a bucket in so many different ways the one thing I will say against Tatum though he could be the best player on the court he could be the worst player on the court 
Jalen Brown has been a consistent ball player throughout the entirety. You know, he's only gotten better as his career has gone on. And then he's now in the point where he is just consistent night in, night out. Tatum, he has nights where he can drop 50 like like he did the other night. Then there's nights where he can go 3 of 16. We, yeah. and, and it happens in the playoffs, too. So, I mean, that's the only reason why I, I kind of have that debate between the two of them. But, uh, listen, I get it. Tatum's unbelievable on offense. So on to the next topic, Kwame Brown. He's a trending topic. He's been trending on Twitter for the last couple of days. And it's because he's been going on rants back and forth, talking about Matt Barnes and, <laughs> and Derek Fisher taking his wife. He's been talk he, he he nicknamed Matt Barnes Becky with the good hair. He uh he's been talking about Steven Jackson and how he's a fake gangster and this fake political activist and stuff like that. Really going at him. He talked about how Gilbert Arenas is a slime ball and he's grimy and he's a, a child in a man's body still. <laughs> and then he talked about Stephen A. Smith and talked about how Stephen A. Smith all he does is disrespect other people for his fame, that he's a punk. And he also said that Stephen A. criticized Kwame Brown for his basketball skills, but Stephen A. couldn't make it to the level that Kwame made it to. And then he also came at Charlemagne the God and called Charlemagne a rapist. And, you know, really going at him. I mean, he's been coming at everybody, even when at Jamel Hill. So he's been on a rampage, on a tear. And... For me, I mean, it's been funny as hell to watch. And the reason this all started is because on the All the Smoke podcast, uh, Jeannie Buss was a guest on the show, and she was talking about the trade for Powell Gasol. And in the trade, Mark Gasol was one of the players involved, but so was Kwame Brown. And she said that we traded two players, Mark Gasol and Kwame Brown, and Steven Jackson made a joke and said, oh, it was only one, one player. player. Only one player was really involved in that trade. And then Matt Barnes tapped Steven Jackson on the knee and started laughing with him when he said that. And that's why Kwame Brown said, you was a little girl for tapping him on the knee, you little you little V-I-T-C-H. So Kwame Brown's been going off, and honestly, I can't blame him. People have been joking joking about him for years, and now he's finally you know, having his platform and coming, you know, coming out and defending himself. I invited Kwame Brown to the podcast. I doubt that he accepts it. But if you're listening to this, we would love to have you on the show because you would be a fantastic guest. We could talk about, you know, how you feel about the media and all that stuff. But I think this is just an, a, a funny situation. I, I I watch Kwame's live streams and I just can't stop laughing. No, yeah, I agree. I think, like, this is this is hilarious for us. This is hilarious for the sport. You know, this is, this is funny. I think, and Kwame Brown, I think he's right to, you know, Defend his honor, defend the fact that they were disrespecting him on All the Smoke without, like, they're talking about him. He wasn't there. And I, I like that Matt Barnes did invite him on All the Smoke. You know, he said, come on the smoke, speak your piece, you know. And I, I think Kwame Brown should go up there. He said he won't. I know he I won't. I blame him. Because I, I feel him. like he had started, it, it turned into a fight. But I, I feel like he, I, I wish he would have. I wish they could have took it a different round that he would have been on All the Smoke. He could have spoke what he had to say. It would have been a lot funnier. But I, I think the way Kwame Brown is taking it, I think it's hilarious. I think people have been. You know, Kwame Brown has kind of been quiet over these years, and he just resurfaced, and he's making these funny videos, and he's disrespecting Matt Barnes. Like, he's coming for everybody. Stephen A. Smith got all the he's smoke. bugging on him. Charlamagne, Matt Barnes. He made a line about Matt Barnes that was funny as hell. 
He said that Matt Barnes, you a light skin. You supposed to be Drake taking people's girls. <laughs> and he was like, instead, you getting your girl took. <laughs> so, I mean, he's funny as hell. But just to give some context, he, he came at Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson for what their comments on all the smoke. He came for Stephen A. Smith for obvious reasons for what Stephen A. Smith has said in the past. He's been saying that for a minute. He came for Charlemagne the God because Charlemagne the God talked to, on the Breakfast Club talked about Kwame Brown's father and brother who were criminals and said that, hey, look, he basically insinuated that, hey, look, Kwame Brown's family is criminals. So this guy probably is violent and, and you know, he's looking for some trouble and basically implied that Kwame Brown is not right in the head and is, you know, some crazy guy that's just looking to be violent and stuff and people shouldn't mess with him, which I don't know if that's fair to Kwame Brown to kind of label him that. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, I'm on Kwame's side here. I mean, you have all these years and years and years of people disrespecting Kwame. Listen, I've 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 made my fair share of Kwame Brown jokes. Like you think of Greg Oden, you think of Kwame Brown, you just think of Bus. He even jokes about it. His his YouTube handle is right, something like that. Is Kwame Brown Bus Bus Life Bus Life? There you go. So I mean, people have been on so many different platforms bashing Kwame Brown. He's now he has his own platform where now he's saying whatever he wants about these other guys. He's more in his right mind to to do that. People have said a lot worse than what Kwame's saying now. Kwame is unfortunately telling a lot of graphic details that maybe these guys don't want released, but they shouldn't have started with Kwame Brown if they didn't want him to 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 start bugging out on them. So listen, I, I understand where Kwame Brown's definitely coming from. Uh, it's it is hilarious. I, if there's more, I'm gonna continue to watch. But I mean, what? what how can you really fault him? Like, if someone judges your character or judges your character and they really don't know you, like, of course you're going to say something. Yeah, I, you know, and Stephen A. Smith, you know, if people don't know, a lot of his famous quotes have been Kwame, Kwame Brown. Brown. Yeah, yeah, that's one of his, you know, legendary quotes of him on TV. He has small him a scrub. hands, he can't play the game of basketball. He's a bona fide scrub. Yeah, like that was, so it's, like, Kwame Brown, he came out, he finally, you know, after years and years of disrespect, he for finally defended himself. So shout out to him because he's also making it really, really funny. And I think it's entertaining for us. You know, the thing about it is that this is, Kwame made some interesting points because I watch his live streams. They're very funny. <laughs> he's but he, al he also makes some really good points. I mean, he said that the media was going to try and paint the narrative that he was some crazy guy. You know, also, he's not wrong about the media. You know, Stephen A. Smith, what does he do? I mean, just like a month ago, he said Andrew Wiggins should get traded for a box that, of cookies. Uh, yeah. Or like and cookies. Then Andrew started bugging. Yeah, and Andrew Wiggins even before then was playing great. It wasn't like he was not playing good at all. So, you know, he's been really disrespectful to athletes. He said Kyrie Irving should retire earlier in the season. He talked about how Russell Westbrook and what he does is meaningless, basically. And he even said that Russell Westbrook, when he started playing better, that he should thank Stephen A. for your playing better. He called Westbrook a loser. I mean, he, he he had a field day when when Westbrook lost to the Celtics, too. And Kwame Brown made this point. He said the thing this is what I think is a good point about the media, that the media, all they do is start rumors and gossip. You look at every other day, they're talking about Kevin Durant's tweets or Kyrie Irving. You know, just the other day when Kyrie Irving was, you know, supporting Palestine, Stephen A was criticizing him on first take for doing so, for not being focused on basketball when. You know, Kyrie is Muslim and his people in, in Israel are, you know, getting mistreated. So obviously that's on, on the forefront of his mind. And for somebody to say that that's not important or he shouldn't be talking about that, 
is kind of uh, ignorant. Mm. You know, I feel. I feel like Stephen A. there was just trying to say, listen, people people feel where you're coming from, but it's not like we're not thinking about it either. Of course, we're uh, still thinking about it, but the, his approach was wrong, and I agree. I feel like, but I understood what he meant there. I feel like Stephen A. is just another guy who's been under the contract of the media. You know, he gets paid a big contract, and he has to follow the media's footsteps. And I think at that moment, the script was, yo, Kyrie Irving shouldn't be saying these things. I think he followed. He's... And I think Kwame Brown said this, like, he's he's a part of the white culture. Says something like that. Like, Stephen A. Smith has turned his back on that the he, black people. That he uses his platform to disrespect other black athletes. Yeah, and it's like, I like to an extent, sometimes he does go a little over the board, but other times he really is just doing his job, you know, at the end of the day. Like, sometimes, you know, the Andrew Wiggins for a box of cookies, he's trying to be funny. It's, you know, all right. And the Kyrie Irving the Kyrie stuff, Irving too, stuff. He has to He has to relax with the Kyrie Irving stuff. But I think certain players, he's really just explaining them as a basketball player. I think basketball players are a little sometimes sensitive and take that as you're trying to jab at them. But I know it's that their job is to cover the NBA and cover you as a basketball player. You don't always have to take everything too sensitive. I mean, I, I personally don't agree with Kwame Brown when he says that, you know, his job is disrespecting black men and stuff like that because I personally don't look at it that way. I look at it you know, in a way that he's just talking about players that play basketball and at the, end of, at the end of the day, it's a results-driven thing. Yep. I mean, Kwame Brown, he he mentioned this. Kwame Brown said that, I mean, if he's a bust, then every single kid is a bust because he made $63 million and put his mom on a golf course. And while I guess that is true, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, you were not a good basketball yeah, player relative, relative to the players in the NBA. Correct. Obviously, if you face us, she dominate us, but... Yeah. You know, get, we're leaving. He's leaving us on zero. Yeah, but yeah. relative to the players in the NBA, you were not a good NBA player. And that word "bust" is used for players who have had who had high expectations and never panned out in the NBA for whatever reason. And it's not like he was a bust because of injuries. You know, Greg Oden. I think Greg Oden was a really good player when he was able to play. Yep. Brandon Roy was a really good player when he was able, like. There's certain guys you could say were really good when they were able to play. You were a bust because you just weren't good when you came to the NBA. Like Stephen A. Smith, he may have been joking, but he wasn't joking about you. Like you he wasn't were really too inaccurate. Yeah. You weren't, you yeah. weren't that good when you came in the NBA. So to say, you know, I mean, if that's the case, every guy who gets drafted, he, you know, he isn't a bust. You know, they, every guy who gets drafted, he's successful because he made it to the next level. When we say a bust, you know, we're comparing you to the guys at the NBA. You know, you were a top three pick in the NBA draft, man. You came out of high school. Like you were projected to be this, dominant force and you became terrible mm -hmm. yeah i mean i agree so i mean i think this whole situation is funny I, he said that he won't go on all the smoke that sucks the reason why though is because when he asked to be on the show before they didn't they didn't say oh, yes so now they, but now okay. but now that his fan base has grown he's having more clout people are really paying attention now they're like oh you could come on the show and not only that but he said that because matt barnes in his invitation was very condescending. Yeah. He, he was like, you could come on all the smoke. You know, I know, you know, you're probably going through a lot right now. He 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 tried to act like it was going to be a therapy session for Kwame, trying to act like this guy just needs, you know, consulting and talking to. Yeah, like he was his dad. Yeah, and Kwame, literally, he answered back like, yo, I don't need that. You know, now that I have clout, you guys want to have me on the show. Like, nah, I'm not going to go on the show. I respect that. Actually having self-respect for yourself and not trying to chase a bag. I respect it 100%. Yeah, it's funny as hell. I think the whole situation is funny. Definitely. But this other situation has happened. It's not a situation, but 
J. Cole made his basketball debut. And after dropping the offseason his album, which I think was a pretty good album, I mean he play he's playing in a professional African pro league for the Patriots basketball club of Rwanda. I don't know where that's at. And in this first game, he scored three points, had two assists, and three rebounds. Did he play like 17 minutes? I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, he he just looked like a guy who never played professional basketball in a long time. <laughs> you know, that's I don't like I think how old is he? He's 30 something. I think it was dope that he followed what he went. You know, he's been playing ball for a long time. He's actually been really good. You know, he's he's played in um, open runs with LeBron and Kevin Durant. Like, he's been in those open runs. I think this is cool and dope for him to go out there and try something new, especially after he dropped the album, which J. Cole fans are saying it's like fire. So that Mm -hmm. was dope of him to do that. But I think what did we really expect? No, it's like when people expect Lil Durk to come in and go because we see him go kill people in the open gym. We expect him, yeah, we expect thing. him to go into a league and dominate. Like, What did we expect the J. Cole to just to go in and seamlessly dominate a professional basketball league? I don't think – that was never my expectation. Three points, two assists, three rebounds sounds reasonable. Sounds like a good stat line for a, a rapper who doesn't play professional basketball. I think 17 minutes is cool. You know, he got his runs. He probably had mad fun. And I think he'll ad- adapt as the game gets further. I think that's probably – his next focus now is to focus on the game and getting better, which is funny how he just makes that transition. But I didn't expect nothing from it, but it's dope for him, you know, to drop an album and then go play hoops. He reminds me of, what's that rapper? Styles P? No, the other P. one. Master P, yeah. yeah. Who was, who was he a, played in the NBA. He was though. actually, yeah, he was a dog. He was actually an NBA for Charlotte, player. right? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So it's, it's dope, but it, I didn't expect nothing from young J. Cole. I feel like he's not disrespecting the game by doing this. I don't know if like that's what you guys meant by, you know, what do you guys think about it? He's going to the African uh, Basketball League. It's like he's not trying to throw himself into the NBA where he thinks that he's some NBA talent. He's taking his talents elsewhere. He's trying to build up, you know, his his game. He, he He's done a lot in his life, and he feels like, you know what, this is my next chapter that I feel I, I, I want to continue with in life. Who's going to knock him? I mean, he, he's pretty athletic. He, he can dunk a basketball. I mean, he, he can put up stats. I mean, it's not like he's going up there and dropping zero, 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 being completely inefficient. I mean, I, I respect it. I, I really do. I mean, it's it's admirable to a degree where, you know, you have a, a goal in mind and you're going to achieve it. So, listen, I respect it. I mean, he's he's already shown how he can be dominant in one aspect of life, and now he's showing how versatile he is with his craft. So, listen, all credit to J. Cole. I really wish him good luck. I hope that he ends up being a, a, a really good basketball player over there. But being thirty six, it's gonna be t- it's gonna be tough on him. I mean, I didn't even know he's that old. LeBron's thirty six. Like it's gonna it's gonna be hard for him to adjust. I mean, who knows the the level of skill there? I haven't watched any games. I only watched the J Cole highlights. But I mean, it's it's gonna be an, a, an adjustment period for him. But we'll see what happens. Why does everything have to be a LeBron thing? Well, I'm saying he's thirty six. I, I feel you. I, I <laughs> that's the only reason I brought it up. <laughs> I mean, I think that J. Cole will probably not make the NBA, but yeah, no, I, I think, think so. you know, going playing professionally is is still a great achievement, especially for a guy who has dedicated his life to rapping and not being a basketball player. But yeah, like you said, shout out to J. Cole. Much respect to him, you know, for following what he wanted to follow and continuing to add to the accolades definitely. to his resume. What if he wins so, a chip and an MVP? They started out 2-0 and right now. Oh, for real? Yeah, there's 2-0. It, it was lit. They were in the layup line. They had his uh, his his album running. Bro going to win the chip. He's going to be a Grammy winner and a champ. That's tough. That is that is pretty tough. I don't know if he'll win a Grammy, though. Oh, 
That sucks. Yeah. Okay. So this is the this is the uh, episode eighty six of the Pixar Podcast. This is now the end of the episode. As always, if you guys want to rate us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating and review our podcast. We are close to thirty. We are at twenty eight right now. You can follow us on Instagram and on TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. Andrew was the guest that joined us today. We you know, love it. having him on, ha- talking you. about the NBA first round matchup playoffs Sunday, and our NBA awards. Yep. So we can't wait for that. So if you guys are watching, thank you. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace. This is Jonathan Macri from the Knicks Film School Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now, they are raising a another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You could invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the BlueWire investment round or want to find out more information, go to WeFunder.com backslash blue wire.